Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Cool. All of Cool. 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 of the Talk to Q Radio show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And tonight we are discussing patience in relationships. Do you have any? Do you not have enough? That's something we'll get into tonight on the show. Um, and afterwards we'll do a little zone coverage. But in the meantime, let me explain to you how this show works for those who may be new. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice, chat, or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, 
the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. Alrighty, T2Q episode number 549 starts right after a word from The Crystal Show and a pimp's perspective. From a pimp's perspective, featuring Eminem, make sure you're tuning in live exclusively on The Crystal Show. What up, Chris? What up, Radio World? It's your boy Eminem, a.k.a. My Mind. Yeah, money maker, the whole breaker. Yeah, Mr. She get laid, I get paid, motherfucker. You know, I'm the face that's never sad. Sweetie, I'm the dad you never hate. When times are rough and things are tough, sugar don't think too hard. There's always mother maker's credit card. So sit back and listen to my directive as I give you this real shit from a pimp's perspective. Mm, give it to me, daddy. Alright, be sure to go to The Crystal Show and check out A Pimp's Perspective. You will enjoy it, I guarantee you. TheCrystalShow.com 347-202-0215 is the number. You know, they say that fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Some people rush into relationships and get their feelings hurt. Others bail on relationships too quickly and end up missing out on a good thing. Now, do either apply to you? Or do you kind of fall in the middle? Now, to be honest, most of us see ourselves as being balanced, but we're we're really not. I mean, I've gone from one extreme to the next. I was one who used to rush into relationships quickly simply because I didn't have any difficulties being committed, you know. But that turned into disappointments more time than not. Now, over time, things have changed. Now, I'm not as trusting as I once was, and I tend to find reasons not to be in relationships And I find myself refusing to commit because I'm searching for that perfect someone that doesn't exist. But that's another story. Tonight, I'll bounce some questions off of my show legends and about what they've experienced in their lives and how they look at patience or impatience when it comes to relationships. You can also join the discussion at 347-202-0215. Or you can chime in on Twitter by using hashtag T2Q. All of this tonight on the Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. To the phones I go. To the 248 area code, the Motor City of Detroit. And welcome on the author, the show hostess, the show legend, Crystal Hickerson. What's going on, Chris? Thank you. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Okay. And I have another caller who is just showing up as anonymous. Caller, what's your name? This is Brooke. What up, what up? <laughs> oh, caller from the undisclosed line somewhere in the outskirts of the Saskatchewan. Let me welcome on the man in black, the Buckster. Don't I, man? Doing pretty good. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing well. Pretty good. All right. Let me go to the 732 area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, to welcome on the show legend and show enforcer, 
my man Ray. Ray, what's happening, bro? Hey, what's up, Q? I don't know who else is on, but how y'all doing? Buck and Crystal. You're good, Ray. Okay, Hello. what's up? All right, let's what's kick up? this thing off. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. All right. Patience and relationships. Let's start with you first, Crystal. Do you think that you are patient or impatient when it comes to new relationships? Uh, or back in the day, yeah, or back in the day, do you feel like you were patient or impatient? Um, you mean by getting them actually into a, a full relationship? You mean? Yeah, yeah. When it comes to new relationships, something that you're hoping actually turns into something, you know, mm-hmm. are you patient or impatient? I think I've always been pretty patient um, about letting letting things flow the way that you know they're meant to or whatever before committing myself to someone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've always been pretty patient in that respect. Okay. And Buck, what about you, man? Do you kind of uh, like wait things out, see how things are going, or if things look kind of funny up front, you go ahead and bail before you waste too much time? In the past, I've been patient, but now I'm starting to see myself becoming impatient because I'm, you know, just tired of bullshit. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You've been listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No, All right. Uh, Ray, what about you, Ray? How do you feel, man? Do you think that you're um, patient or impatient when it comes to new relationships? Or were you patient or impatient when it came to new relationships? Well, when I was younger, I would say no. But as I got older, I always felt like, you know, you just you have to just survey the landscape, man, see what's going on first. Uh-huh. Because, you know, I was never a person at all to try to move extremely quick. You know, just you have to talk, you have to get an understanding because particularly with, well, I ain't going to go there tonight. I'm just going to say particularly with some females, you know, they may have been dating a relative or they may have been involved with somebody you went to high school with or you know, or somebody with a name that you should pay attention to, just make sure you don't step in no shit. It's better mm-hmm. to talk and get understanding. And I always felt like being is that if you in the area where the rest of your family is, you need to know who is who because they may be a relative because we all got an uncle or somebody who got kids out there that they don't, necessarily take care of or didn't introduce to the rest of the family. So if you don't pay attention, it can all, you know, because most people don't know who these people are. So you always felt like you had to to move slow. So I'm not necessarily saying take a month and stuff like that, but I'm just saying, you know, talk, find out what's going on, a lot of of, uh, texting, phone calling, whatever you're going to do. So I would say take it nice and easy. Okay. And um, I'm kind of like Buck. I used to be patient at one time. I'm not so patient now. My my biggest problem is I'll see something in a person that I don't like, and I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's like I almost want to quit at that point and 
I mean, everyone has something about them that you're not going to like. But, um, but some I, things is a deal breaker, though. You know, yeah, depends yeah. on what those things are. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you. Um, I mean, for me, though, sometimes it can be something that just may just maybe just annoys me a little bit, you know. And it, it can be something, you know, that I would even admit is silly. But by the same token, I'm like, well, if it's bothering me now, it's going to bother me later. And so I, I think sometimes I look for a reason to bail. I'll be honest with you. But like I said, that's something I'm working on. But, Crystal, uh, what's the downside of being too patient when it comes to a new relationship? Well, um, I guess the downside is wasting time, of course. Okay. Um, when you asked the question before, I was thinking more of um, moving towards the relationship instead of stopping. So um, I'm more quick to stop, and I've always been that way before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I decide, okay, well, let's further, you know, continue the, to possibly go down the road to a relationship, then I take it slow. But... um yeah, that means, yeah, the downside definitely is just, you know, you're just wasting your time. Um, sometimes you make up stuff in your head that's really not there or you ignore things that um, are pretty obvious to you, but you want the other things to be true so badly because you're really interested in this person. So, you know, you ignore stuff and you just hope hope they'll go away or something or um, or you try to be too positive or whatever. So you know you get into that fantasy mode. So you um, you just let things slide, but basically you're just wasting your time. Okay, Buck. What about you, man? What's the um, downside of being too patient when it comes to a new relationship? You're too patient. Um, I just think that things go in the wrong direction. Um, sometimes you got to, you know. You just got to be upfront and be direct, and if and you can be as patient as you want to be, but you know if things are going in the wrong direction early, then it's just it's time to cut bait and stop. You know, stop trying to have some. If you try to be more patient or least patient or indifferent, whatever you want to call it, it's it's not working. So the best thing to do is just cut bait and start fresh. That way, your feelings are not hurt. The other person's feelings are not hurt. And keep it moving. Okay. Um, on Twitter, my girl Ch- Chanel Tapper chimed in from L.A. She says the downside of being too patient is getting ran all over. She says speak up from the jump. So I guess that's a situation where your patience as far as they're doing something you don't like and you don't speak up on it. So that's a, that's an yeah, uh, interesting perspective. And, yeah, I agree with that, too. And Ray, what's the downside of being too patient when it comes to a new relationship? I think um you can get started off on the wrong foot. And I think that you know, if you plan on having a serious relationship, I think you should voice what you have a problem with. You know, as as soon as you can. I mean, I don't see say something the first time somebody does something, but at the same time, you know, if you can't stand to talk to somebody on the phone while they're talking to kids in the background and stuff like that. You should let them know. Hey, you call uh-huh. me back when you get some time. Oh, no, no, it's all right. It's not. 
all right, continue your conversation or, you know, you talk a little while and start that again. All right, I'll tell you what, just holler at me when you get some time and hang the phone up. Now, they know that you mean business about that. Not, well, you know, what guys do a lot of times, they be quiet about the stuff that they don't like because they're afraid they're going to talk themselves out of sex instead of saying, you know, that ain't what I go for, that ain't what I'm about, you know. And it ends up hurting you in the long run. That's why a lot of relationships don't work because, you know, a lot of stuff you want to do, you keep your mouth shut on. And once you get comfortable and you didn't put your shoes back on a couple of times, then I really don't like you doing this. I really don't like you doing that. Then they said, where's all this coming from? You know, I just think you just can be patient, but being too patient can end up hurting you because they're getting used to a person that is not the real you. Okay. That's a good point. Um, I think you have to be honest about your feelings, and you got to set kind of set the precedent. And if they don't like it, then, you know, yeah, you didn't need them anyway. You know, that person is not for, for you. Uh, so I, I definitely think it's important for people to do that. And it's just some guys will kind of hold it in because, you know, they like the girl. They're trying to get with her. And then after you get used to her, you get comfortable. Eight, nine months down the road, you're like Ray said, you're talking about all these problems. She's like, where is this, where is this coming from? Because you didn't speak up in the first place. And so you don't have that problem usually out of alpha males. They usually tell you what they like and don't don't like from the jump, or when it you know whenever the situation occurs. But you have some guys who don't fit that mold, and you know they just hold on to stuff. And then when they let it all out on you, I mean it confuses a woman. She's like, you know, you a grown man. I can even tell me this before. So you definitely have to um, be a little more uh, outspoken and not just sit back and wait and wait and wait, because uh, that's just too much downside to that. All right, so, Crystal, what about, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, but if you want to kind of expand on it a little bit, what's the downside of being too impatient when it comes to a new relationship? Um, excuse me. Uh, well, I guess it could be, if you're impatient, you could be um Brushing off someone who, um, you know, you're mistaken on their personality or, or whatever they're doing, or you're not giving the person a chance, um, uh-huh. you know, which I tend to do, basically. Um, and I've always done that, really, actually. Because, uh-huh. you know, you, you, you preconceive someone by, even before you really get to know them or even talk to them, you know, you just kind of look at them and go, okay, next. <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. Oh, wow. Um, or they look fine from afar. And then they, huh? I don't think I'm quite that bad. And then, you know, you can talk to them, and then, you know, you're, some of the things that they say, you may be catching them on the wrong day or or whatever, but there could be little things that are just like little quirky things that – um really are not your deal breakers, but uh-huh. it's just irritating you at that moment instead of exploring and figuring out, you know, more about who they are, you know, and everything. So 
Yeah. I, I, I think I don't think I'm to the point where I just look at someone like, nah, that ain't gonna work. Um, but normally my problem is I have this image of how I want you to be. And then when something goes against that image, that's when I get into the man, I don't know. And you know, because you you know, you want a certain type of person. And if someone doesn't fit that mode, for example, if you're looking for someone who's classy, someone who you can, you know, bring around your co- your coworkers at Christmas parties and things of that nature, and then you meet this person, they're like, okay, well, they look nice, they dress nicely, everything appears to be fine, but then when they talk, they're loud, they're ratchet. I mean, it just destroys <laughs> everything, and it's it's so disappointing. It is so disappointing. And um, I remember, this is back when I was in, no, I was out of college. I was probably in my in my early 20s. And this lady looked the part, okay? I mean, she, she was dressed nicely. She, I knew her parents because I worked with both of her parents. They were really nice people. And she just seemed too good to be true. And so we're at a restaurant on a first date. And like I said, she's, you know, dressed all nice and everything. And she let out this big burp, right? And it wasn't like something that just snuck up on you and accidentally came out. This is something she conjured up. And everyone's turned around looking, and she just bust out laughing. And she was like, oh, that was a a good one. All right, so my thing is, all right, there's some guys who like that. All right, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them because I don't like being embarrassed, and I was embarrassed at that point, and it just ruined the whole image. And see, and I'm the type of person I'm quitting at that point. I'm gone. There's no discussion about it. There's no anything, and I probably shouldn't be like that. But I don't know. How do you all feel? If somebody did that to you all, do you all care, or did I jump the gun on that one? Or I mean, that was years ago. Jump the gun on that one. I was like 23 (laughs) years old. You jumped the gun on that. Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it can't be helped that you let out a burp. Because sometimes, no, no, come out no. Like, she she reached down deep. I saw this. She she, she, I mean, she was doing well, everything but saying her alphabets. Well, you know, sometimes. I mean, loud is not an uh, uh, you know every every time occurrence. You know, you know sometimes you just gotta let some of that go. Uh, I mean, just because you got a Rolls Royce, you bought a brand new Rolls Royce, you're not gonna take it back just because it got a small dent in it. I mean, it's just I will if it backfires. Backfire, then you might you might need to take it back. But I mean, my thing is, is that sometimes little things like that, it could be, it could be, even though it may have been embarrassing, later on down on the road, that could have been one of the funniest moments that y'all ever shared. So you have to kind of. I know it's a slippery slope, but you know something that minute. You know, I, I just let it go. Now she did it like five or six times. She it wouldn't get to that point. She did it two or three times. Then you know, then you'd have to do something different. But one time, you know, I can just let that slide. I mean, like I said, to to each their own. Um, in the chat room, should be fishing said or girls that fart. Oh hell no. I mean, you know, that's that's a problem for 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 them. And it's like my thing is it, it would have been different had it just happened and then she said, 
oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. And I could have like, okay, that was a little weird, but at least she tried it. But she was proud of it. And so I said to myself, uh-uh, uh-uh, what else are you going to be proud of? You know, I'm like, she'll be fishing. You're going to be farting next or something. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people. Hey, yeah. You said you took her to an event and she did this? No, no, it was just just for dinner, just dinner at a restaurant. Oh, dinner in a restaurant. I mean, yeah. No, I, I think I think you could have told her about it. I mean, mm-hmm. was that was that the, was that the first date? Yeah, that was the first date. I'm like 23, 24 years old, man, and yeah, yeah, and I mean, she she could have lacked some immaturity or whatever. I mean, I used to, to play the bourbon game too. I mean. Back when I used to drink soda, you know, I take a coke. Yeah. And, you know, I could battle anybody when it came to bourbon, but you know, <laughs> it was just that, uh, you know, some time and a place. I mean, if you guys was vibing to the point where you had that type of sense of humor that she felt like she could get it off, I mean, if you expressed to her, "Hey, I don't like that" or whatever, and she chilling, don't do it again, it wouldn't have been no big deal. I mean. You know, when you take somebody out, it's different if you went to a company party or something and everybody uh-huh. got on shirt and ties and she did it. But at a restaurant, you know, man, hell, you don't know them people, so I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like I said, it, it may not bother some. and But, uh, yeah, that was just a problem for me. And now, you know, maybe I would say something or... I don't well, I don't know. Now that I'm older, I'm kinda of more impatient. I'm not sure. I might just get up and walk away from the table. But <laughs> I guess it's you know, to, like I said, to each their own. But uh yeah, that was a problem for me. That that was a problem for me big time. So all right, so uh yeah, being impatient is can be just as bad as being too patient. It may cause you to miss a good experience. All right. I mean, I don't know whatever became of her or anything. So, um, you know, she could be a senator or something. I could have missed out. Who knows? But uh, I'll never know because, like I said, I was very impatient when it came to that. But, Crystal, um, can a person be impatient? And when I say impatient in this regard, we're talking about you're wanting to speed things along in the relationship. Can you be too impatient and say I love you before you mean it? Because you're trying to like get to that next level. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, you can. I mean, I think a lot of times people say it; they um, it slips out, kind of a thing, you know. And they don't mean to say it, but now it's out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, that can happen. But then, yeah, that happens when, yeah, you are speeding along. You want things. You are further along than the other person is, right? And sometimes it's hard um, because you're speeding along. It's hard for you to recognize that they are nowhere near where you are, um, and they may actually be going in the opposite direction. You don't even realize because you're so focused in on being with this person. You want everything to be perfect. You want everything to be right, and you just can't wait. <laughs> You know, um, you want to lock them down or whatever. And um, instead of just letting it, you know, just go and letting it be and let it flow. 
But the um, sometimes you, you do, you get so wrapped up in your, again, fantasy. It's a fantasy of this person because you really don't know who this person is. You know, a lot of times you're just mad and you're maybe only a few months into it. And people think, oh, well, we've been dating for three months. Oh, we should know each other by now. Not really. <laughs> you know? Um, three months is not that long. It really isn't. And, but a lot of people do think that, oh, well, after three months, hey, this is my girl or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I think it's, and it's, it can be hard to slow down because you're so, you know, you're euphoric, you're, you're, you know, you think you're in love, but you still just kind of have a crush or you're in lust or whatever, but infatuated. But, um, but yeah, you want to get things to, you want things to be in reality what's inside of your head. So you might say something or slip something out. Like I love you or something. I don't count any of those things that happen during sex, but um, you know, someone could say it, and you know, they're just happy. <laughs> they say it, right? So you right. say, you know, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Buck, what do you think, man? Uh, can you be impatient, and when it comes to a new relationship? And say I love you before you mean it, you know, because you're trying to get things to the next level. Mm, I guess you can. It's never happened to me, but I, I, I mean, I've seen it where it happened to other people. So, um, but you can be impatient, you know, about you know anything, you know, especially a, a, you know a new relationship because you know it's like Crystal said, you have a fantasy of. We all have a fantasy on how we think people should be or what our ideal mate can be. And sometimes, you know, when you're trying to get to that point and you're getting enough money and it, it doesn't pan out that way, you are, you know, you can be impatient. And it can also give off uh, mixed signals because, you know, even though you're not trying to be confusing, you are being confusing because you're moving too fast. So mm-hmm. I can see it happening. Ray, what do you think, man? Um, yeah, I mean, you can say it too fast and not mean it. I mean, it's just a thing where fantasy and reality gets caught up with each other. Like when you first start dating or seeing somebody and everything is going good and you smiling and they smiling and Everything seems to be going great. The first thing they think about in the morning, the last thing they think about at night. So, therefore, you may say that or believe that or whatever the case may be. But yeah, that that's something that you should watch out for because it's it's a serious word. It's only four letters, but it's very powerful. So, you know, when you say that, that it means more than just the words. Because right. you love somebody, what are you willing to do for that person in such a short period of time? So can it have the opposite effect? Like if you're really patient and you're kind of waiting things out and maybe you don't say I love you quickly enough and the person, you know, I guess maybe decides that they're going to move on? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean... I think a reasonable time frame 
anybody would stay, but you have some people that, you know, be with a girl two years and you ain't told the girl that you love her. But that's the kind of stuff that females tolerate. So when they tolerate stuff like that, you know, guys will do it. I mean, you have to let somebody know how you feel. Some guys be with a girl. I've known guys be with a girl six or seven years. You know, I ain't told my mother. She tell me all the time, and this is it. Guy like that, you need to let him go. But if you don't, that means you accept it. So, I mean, I don't think it's a good thing. I think you tell somebody what you think when you're thinking it, mm-hmm. whether you think it's going to scare them or whatever the case may be. Hey, let them know. So you put it out there. They say no. You know, I don't think we at that point yet. You may, you could always say we may not be at that point, but I'm at that point with you. Now she knows what how to do. You know, is it getting too serious? Maybe I'll slow down, tell them I don't feel the same way or whatever. Now you know what the deal is. Now, if that's good enough for you guys, your your separate ways, then you do that. But years later, we will see what the deal is, you know, and that's how it goes. You win some, you lose some. I think the relationship people are afraid to voice what they truly feel or what they truly think, and then when somebody else does, they don't know how to react to it. Okay. All right, so, Crystal, let's talk about, all right, let's say this is not a new relationship anymore. You're already in the relationship, okay? And the relationship is not going well for whatever reason. Do you think that some people are too patient and waiting for things to change and they don't get out of relationships quickly enough or as quickly as they should, rather? Well, yeah, I mean, and that could be for many reasons. And, you know, we talked about last night, no one wants to be single. You know, so once you're in there, you know, mm-hmm. you want to stay in there for as long as possible. And especially if, you know, the same thing with being impatient, if you find someone who is as close to this ideal person in your head, you know, and so you really want this person in your life, so you'll, you know, a lot of times you put up with crap or you ignore, you know, things, uh, look over things or whatever. Just hoping they'll change. Yeah, hoping they'll change or, um, you know, you'll, you'll start, you know, blaming it on other things like, well, he's going through a rough time right now or, um, or maybe I'm pushing too much or, you know, whatever, you know, so you just kind of hang out. Or, you know, we can ride this out, you know, kind of a thing. And then, you know, we'll be back to the way it was in, in a minute or whatever. So, um, I mean, we do that because, we, you know, we just want to hang on as long as possible uh, when we really want to be with somebody. Or or they're doing something for you <laughs> because that's a completely different relationship. Um, but in a love relationship, <laughs> you, you uh-huh. know, you... You want the romance to last as long as possible. Okay. And, uh, Buck, do you think that people who stay in relationships a little too long knowing that things are bad have, like, maybe self-esteem issues? It could be a variety of things, but self-esteem could be a part of it. 
but it just it just depends. But you know, this is you know when you, when you're in a relationship for a long time, you know, communication is very important. So that way, it keeps it fresh and new, and you know, it's just you know it it cures a lot of our issues if you you know you talk to each other on a consistent basis. So it's important, but you know, regardless of what the issue is, you know. There's, there are ways around it, so that way things can be smooth. Okay, all right. And um, let's see. In the chat room, X470 said relationships take work. So if you if you are thinking it should be perfect, then you are fooling yourself. That's true. They're never going to be perfect. Um, should be fishing said. When do relationships become some so complicated? What age group says I feel so lucky? And uh, I don't know. I think, Ray, I think relationships have always been complicated for some people. It's just that we have more of a of an avenue, I guess, to discuss it now and people can hear other people's trials and tribulations. What do you think? Oh, say that again, Keith. I said I think relationships have always been complicated for some people. It's just that nowadays with social media and all these different venues of expression, we get to hear other people's problems a lot more, and it seems like it's a lot more difficult than what it was, or do you think that it's more complicated now? Um, yeah, I think it's more complicated now, but I think also it's more outlets to talk about it because people learn to express themselves more nowadays. There are more radio shows, there are more TV shows, and more you know, there's always something going on on social media that's talking about, you know, all types of issues. I mean, in the old days, you probably couldn't get men to open up about nothing. Nowadays, you know, it's discussion about everything. So, you know, how do you feel? You know, what do you think? Uh, you know, what do you want to do? You know, everything is is, is out there for, up for discussion. Whereas back in the day, I think that, you know, things were more chauvinistic than it is now. I mean, you can feel chauvinistic, but you better not say it. You know what I'm saying? So, Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, with with, with back in the day as well, you know, he's a man, he got the final say-so, and, you know, if he don't like to do something, the woman don't force him to do it and all that. But now women have power. You know, they have their they have their own mind, their own money, and if you don't want to do something, they can do it themselves or they can make it happen. So it's kind of like, yep. you know, you have to get with the program as far as not well, you know, Hell, if you know where Robert don't want to do it, it ain't going to happen, I don't guess, because I ain't got no money, I ain't got no car, I talk to him first and all that. So all that, it, it, it changes now. So, yeah, I think uh, it's more discussion now because it's just more out there. Okay. And uh, I guess things are a little more complicated now when you consider that um – um you now have to ask people if they were born a man or a woman. And that kind of adds to the complication for some. But, uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I mean, we 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 do deal with a lot more now since we we have so much that 
expression and people able to disclose some of the things they're going through and everything. But, um, I mean, for some people now should be fishing said that, uh, I got, I, let's see, I met, dated, got engaged and married all in five months. It has been married for 26 years. Wow. And X470 said, I met and dated and married in one year. She's been married for 12 years. So, hey, for some people, it, it, it works out, and I think that is great, you know. But you have some others who've yeah, been dating date for eight years, and they get married, and they're divorced in three weeks. I mean, it's just crazy. I, mean, I, I, used to, I used to believe that you had to date somebody for several years. My uncle used to be like, you know, you don't have to court somebody for few years, you know what's going on in a few months. I'm like, man, you crazy. So, you know, I used to go places and people say, oh, you getting married? You ain't getting married yet and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, like, man, I'm going to be probably 40 before I get married because I ain't met her yet. So we got to go through the thing about four or five years. And it turned out that, you know, when I met my wife, we knew each other a year and got married. So it's kind of like... You know, it all depends. It just depends on the person, the situation, and, and everything else. So, you know, it, ain't nothing going to be perfect, but it's just how you work at it, how you talk things out, or whatever the case is. Okay. And you're right. I mean, like, you know, when when I was married, I actually, we actually dated for uh, four years before we got married. And in all honesty, of course, thinking back on it, I kind of knew she was special within, like, the first month, and I kind of knew that I wanted to marry her probably after, like, a year. But uh, it's almost like you think you're supposed to just date until you know every single thing about the person. Um, And it doesn't always take that. You know, for some people, you know, depending on your age range, you might have to wait. But um, it doesn't always take that. Sometimes you can know fairly soon. And... I mean, and then the older you get, and then, of course, you should know a lot more as far as what you want, and it should be easier, but that's not always the case because age doesn't always equal maturity. But, all right, so, um, Crystal, uh, let's talk about patience in another way. Sometimes we have relationships where we really love the person, but they do things to annoy us. All right, they do things that that drive us crazy, so to speak. Um, It could be that guy that no matter how many times you tell him, he leaves his clothes all over the floor when he comes home from work. Or he he doesn't do certain things with the dishes. Or I mean, what about patience when it comes to that? Can you love someone who drives you crazy? Well, I think that, you know, it depends on what they're doing. That's driving you crazy, I guess. Um, if it's something that, you know, kind of starts to fall into the deal breaker category. Yeah, like yeah, sleeping exactly. with your sister. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Will you stop but, sleeping with my sister? You're driving me crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, you know, you you can pick your battles, but, again, you have to um, let them know what is seriously something you cannot deal with and um and then some of the things 
And the thing that really is just a little bit annoying is it doesn't really bother you, but you feel like you, by principle you should say something or whatever, um, uh, then maybe you could just do it um, and, you know, let it go. So you have to decide for yourself which are the things that are, are truly goes against who you are, um, you know, and you just can't deal with it. Like, for instance, your your thing with the burping. Now, for a lot of people, they would have just laughed and kept rolling. <laughs> but for you, something like that is, is obviously, you know, a big deal. So yep. for one person, it may be a little thing. Um, leaving your clothes on the floor or whatever, that's not really a big thing for me. I mean, I, I, mean, I would try to guide the clothes to at least the one spot. Or just you know, in the bedroom or something. But um, and then I'll pick it up after that. But um, I think about cleaning differently than some people do. Um, that's yeah. something I do all the time anyway, um, and it's therapeutic for me. However, if it was something that was truly getting on a person's nerves, and you and you um, and the, their mate didn't. You know, they weren't thoughtful enough or paying, paying enough attention to you to realize, A, that it's really pissing you off, and then why? It's usually not the act. It's something that um, the act represents that upsets them. And that's when you're in a relationship, you want to know what's really going on with this person. You know, why is it? I mean, let's say the cleaning. Why is it that, you know, you... You get so upset when I throw this around. He's like, well, you know, my father used to do that, and then he left, and all I saw was, this, you know, it, it goes right. back to all the things that could truly be upsetting them, and you're reminding them of something. And if you're in a relationship, then you would want to cause them as less pain as possible, especially with something so simple as just picking something up. So, so yeah, not. you have to pick your battles. That's true. And, like, and, and back to the... And I'm going to go to another caller that's coming in. But back to the burping thing. I mean, I know it makes me sound like petty wop. But, I mean, it's like my thing is, and this is, I try to read people. I try to understand who a person is when I'm sitting across the table from them or sitting somewhere from them or on the phone with them. And some people, it's like they don't pay attention to your demeanor. It's like they're... They're going to be themselves, and I think that's great. But it's like there's such a dynamic sometimes when someone is just a polar opposite of you. You're calm, reserved, or whatever, or maybe you're outgoing, exciting, and some, and they're the complete polar opposite. And, you know, sometimes that's a great dynamic, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it can be fun and exciting. Sometimes it can be an anno- annoying, you know. And so I think it's just a matter of preference when it comes to certain things but um as far as things people doing things crazy well let me go to the phones to the 601 area code i go the magnolia state of mississippi to bring on the man the myth the show legend eminem the minister of sexual affairs what's happening bro what up q what a radio world and eminem man can you be in love with someone that drives you crazy you got someone who you know just doesn't do certain things and it just upsets you. You know, maybe they burn the chicken or something when they cook the, when they cook, or maybe they park maybe they park too close to the to the you know to your car in the garage and you can't get out your car. 
when you come home from work or something? I mean, can you can you deal with someone that drives you crazy? I mean, is your patience that good? Well, it uh, it all depends because now it, it's kind of like you know I, I I heard part of some of the comments you know and 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 you know and like always a lot of stuff you know made a lot of sense, but that's why I kind of go. And this is my answer. It kind of go back to a show we had a while back on, uh, uh, I forgot the exact topic of it. But, see, your tolerance level is uh, pretty much going to go as far as what you what you really, really want. You see what I'm saying? If you just kind of casually dealing with somebody just because you feel that they're a good person or good inside or just because he got money, that little shit gonna get under your skin a whole lot faster than you know uh, somebody maybe you know hitting ten points on your top. You know, like okay, maybe nobody's a perfect whatever, but they just say everybody's top five or whatever. But you, you know, you got somebody hitting your main three on point all the way down. Well, that's gonna make that little shit like that seem little. But if you're just dealing with somebody and trying to make it work from the jump almost because deep down it's like, well, you know, I really don't like, you know, 80-year-old guys, but I'm just kind of, you know, trying to get out of a financial bind. Well, this dude, you know, leaving draws on the floor and shit going to piss you off a lot faster than the the, the type of guy you really want or, or the type of girl you really want burning up, you know, uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, 20 three-year-old Playboy Bunny, uh, King XSL Magazine Bunny, you know, fucking up the chicken. is not going to piss you off as bad as, you know, some old dried up, you know, retired teacher or something that you just hit and just trying to get a little little extra income. See what I'm saying? You're going to have a whole different level of tolerance. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's real important for everybody on the front end, even though the communication stuff is, on point, but some stuff you can't communicate. You know what I'm saying? You can't communicate what gets your dick the hardest. You know what I'm saying? That ain't got nothing to do with no conversation. <laughs> you know what, what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm just saying, man, like, a lot of times the, the people that may understand you the best might not necessarily be what you're attracted to the most when it comes to other stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I always think that uh, it's best for a man to think with his dick first and then try to make everything else work, you know, <laughs> because that's really what it boils down to, you know. And that's why people's like, damn, man, you know, his, his wife's a lawyer and he got, you know, two babies for some chick in the project. You know how that happened? I know how that happened. See what I'm saying? He was he was doing what he should have been. He, okay, the decision the dude made was based off everything but his dick. So he's sitting up here saying, "Okay, well, hey, hey they cracking up in the chat room right now. You know, <laughs> I, I, I can bring her home to mama because you know she's an educated woman, or you know, oh, she's a holy woman. She did she that, but the thing about it, she might be." On the track now, what somebody's version of attraction is is each to each their own. But let's just say if somebody's really not attracted to this chick, you know. Uh, but Precious has everything going for her. She's smart. She's intelligent. <laughs> she's 
she's this, she's that, and all that. So, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, this nigga watching like two hour feature super filthy flicks, you know, before she come home just so he can halfway still be excited because he really not excited. And that's what happens to a lot of people. You know, a man should always think with his dick because that's what's going. That's what's going to make the guy kind of conform to whatever. You know, um, I forgot who that dude was. I mean, I'm not really avid reader and all that kind of stuff. But it's a, a black dude wrote a book called Good Pussy years back. I, I never read it, but I know it uh, has some good points in it. Uh, as a matter of fact, actually, one of my favorite readings of all time is one you know. Q wrote on I'm in love with a stripper, but that kind of go into another category. But at the same time, you know, it's like the dude, notice I'm focusing on the guy because with women it's different. I mean, you know, the a guy can be, that's why the movie, uh, not the movie, the fairy tale, Beauty and the Beast is called a classic. See, a beautiful woman can be with an ugly or unattractive man or whatever. You know, if he's hitting on all cylinders, or whatever, they can kind of make shit work. But it don't work like that for a guy. You know, a guy has to be attracted to you by his dick. Otherwise, he's not going to act right at all. You know, shit going to get on his nerves and all that kind of stuff. But when you hear a guy talking about, oh, I can't stand the way she does that, now, that's the yeah. Yeah, then you say, oh, okay, that's his old lady right there. You say, oh, okay. You know, you ain't saying nothing, but you're like, oh, okay, you know. Okay, I'm sure she's a beautiful person inside. Somebody start talking like that. Hell no. You know, they don't want that. <laughs> Man, I promise y'all remember what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> With the books and... <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is, why I, this is why I need notes. This is why I need notes. <laughs> Back to you. Last one on this particular topic, as far as patience and relationships. Uh, can you be too patient? I guess, and you know, waiting on that perfect mate, and eventually wind up, you know, perpetually single. <laughs> Whatever. No, I wasn't talking um, about you specifically, but <laughs> no, of course not. No. Um. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. I was in here laughing, listening to Eminem, and he reminded me of my favorite line, which is, boy, if you weren't fine, I wouldn't even fuck with you. That's always my favorite line. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> That's just how I think. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can be. You can wait too long. You can, And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about perfection about um you know being impatient in the beginning and just saying right. no to little things and um not giving people a chance to you know just give them a minute you know get a second wind or something you know um but yeah you can do that you can you can be over over um protective of yourself of your heart of uh, and you can you know you can be too in love with this fantasy bullshit you know in your head Um, and where no one is going to match up, not anyone human, um, because they don't exist. And I think a lot of times that's what happens. Uh, Sometimes, especially with women, um, 
we are fed fantasy from, you know, day one, you know, as, as babies. And it's just ingrained in us. And so so when we look at guys, we're like, well, you're nothing about what I grew up thinking that you would be or nowhere near. So, yeah, you can. You can do that, absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure guys have the same kind of thing, but, it's, of course, it's different for guys when, they, when they're thinking. But, uh, but yeah, for women, I think a lot of times that's, that's what ends up happening. You know, you have a fantasy that, of course, can never be lived up to. Or, yeah, you could be perpetually single, or you can be, you could settle and be in a relationship, but in essence, you're really still single because you're just, you know, cohabitating <clears throat> with this person. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. But do you agree? Can you be, you know, forever single because you're so busy waiting on that perfect someone? Yes, I think that can happen. I, I've seen that happen too a few people that I know. So um, it definitely can happen. You know, like I said, we, I think it was said, or I can't remember who said it, but, I mean, there's always some imperfections in people, including yourself, that you don't like. But, you know, there are certain things you just got to get through. If You you know, you don't want to deprive yourself of a great human experience just because you hate one thing. You have to, sometimes you got to bend a little and uh, reach a, a happy medium. And I think people don't do that often enough. Okay. All right. I have a caller calling in from the 347 area code, which is somewhere around New York City. Caller, what's your name? Hello? Okay. Well, that caller has dropped. So, um, but, yeah, I do think that uh, it can happen when you wind up being – just kind of stuck on single because you're waiting on that person who pretty much fits with the image that you have in your head, which is always going to be unrealistic for the most part. And uh, you have to take the good with the bad. You take them both, and there you have the facts of life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That just kind of came out of nowhere. It just came out. You got to throw that in there, huh? I'm surprised you didn't break out the whole damn song. And um, I probably remember it. But, uh, okay, so just as far as um, patience in general, um, I I mean, and not not just when it comes to relationship. Ray, what about patience as far as when it comes to road rage, man? How are you when it comes to that? Oh, man, you been talking to a man, dog. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's uh, I don't really have patience for bad drivers. You know, I'll be honest about that. You know, to me, if the light is green, you should go. If the speed limit is forty-five, you should drive forty-five at least. If you're in the fast lane, which is the passing lane. You should be going faster than the traffic that's in the right lane. <laughs> so it, it's it's just it's just Not simple hard. things. See, to me, I don't believe the fast driver causes the accident. It's the slow driver, and the slow drivers the people you gotta look out for. And you know, I say a lot of things that's real talk, but people disagree with because they don't like the content of what I say. 
But a lot of folks come from a lot of different places, don't know how to drive. Yeah. In 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 the states, and you know they slow things down, they scared of everything. You're going forty miles now, thirty five some of them, and you ride by and you turn your head and you look. You and I'm curious, and I almost ask the guys because I'm that kind of person. I ask you if I see you in the store. Why the fuck you pay eighty five thousand dollars for a car and you ain't gonna drive it? I wouldn't put it that way. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it that way. But you have a lot of these guys. You know they own stores and gas stations and you know they all over. But you driving that big Mercedes, smiling, looking over. But you going thirty five. That thing got all that horsepower for you to put your foot on that damn gas. Get out them jams. You know what I mean? But you want it for a status thing, not because you want more power, not because you want to be able to get out on the highway faster. It makes no sense. It's like, you know, buying a, a, a new car and never taking it out of the garage. That's what. That's my problem with, with people on the road, and a lot of times it's, it's, it's road rage on my part. You know, mm-hmm. my thing is if I throw my signal light on, like I was r- riding, throw my signal light on, okay, the car want to go slow. All right, I'm giving you a few seconds to think about it. You don't pass me up, I'm coming over there on you. You hit me on the back, guess what? It's your fault. So, you know, people want to blow their horn and all that. Okay, but I see you at the light. Now you want to stop three or four spaces back. Don't bitch up now. You was talking on the road. That's that's the whole problem. I mean, I just that that that's the rough topic to me because I, I just yeah I can tell like you get out the way. Yeah, I just like people to get out the way. So yeah, I, I would say I had road rage. Oh man, patience when driving is uh, I'm the type of person I try not to ever be in a rush. I'm always early everywhere I go, and um, but when I just I, I'm like you, Ray. I don't like. What I be being a part of what I call a parade, and that's when you have a line of cars in the fast lane because one idiot is driving beside somebody in the slow lane, and I mean that will burn you up. That will burn you up, and then it's like when they finally get to the point where you can go around them, you got to pass them in the slow lane. After you pass them in the slow lane, then they get over. Well, that makes me mad too. So I feel you on that, but um. Uh, Eminem, what about um, patience when it comes to teaching uh, kids, or when it comes to kids in general, I guess? Uh, well, <laughs> man, that's, that's, shit, I don't even know what category that is. You have to have a lot, you have to be a very calm, inner person, but the, it's only a challenge, it's only a challenge when you when you have to do it, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you volunteering somewhere and all the kids are eager and all this shit, you know, it's like it's easy to have patience. But when you're doing it for a paycheck and you got to have patience and you got to deal with uninterested kids, that's when your patience has to go to a level beyond normal reason, you know. Um, uh, Shit, man, I know people 
that stunt started, you know, doing all kind of stuff just to try to cope. <laughs> but uh but yeah, that uh that that's like a uh uh you see I'm I'm babbling for words on that one cuz the category is so man. It's like I'm trying to make an analogy cuz I love using analogies. But it's like going to the top of a mountain, right, that takes you damn near two weeks to climb, and you you like fucking Matthew Henson or something, and you got like one spike to go to be at the very top, then you come all the way back down to the bottom, and you got to go back up. That feeling that you get when you sliding down, and you got to look up and say, damn, I got two more weeks, so it's going to be a month before I get back to the top. That's the kind of patience you have to have dealing with kids in a, you know, especially like a teaching situation, especially an urban teaching situation. But, uh, you know, but a lot of people say, oh, I love kids. I was like, yeah, that's, that's because you, you got them in a certain setting where they're eager to hear what you got to say and all that. But Yeah. But when you're hearing, like, I don't need this, this is, you know, basically bullshit blah, 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 and, you know, the disrespect and all that, that's, you know, that's when, you know, you know, I can do this, but you can't do this to me legally anyway. Right. You know, that kind of stuff, so. <laughs> okay, okay, I feel you on the, that. Uh, that's the ultimate patience, man. <laughs> okay. And, Crystal, what about when it comes to um, elderly people? Uh, do you think some people lose their patience when it comes to elderly people? Um, okay, well, I'm still on the mountain, <laughs> but, uh, I, with, with elderly people, you know, I have seen that, of course, in, in my line of work, but it's, um, it's really frustrating to me when people, you know, lose their patience with, um, the elderly, um, but, I mean, yeah, you can, I've seen it happen because, you know, uh, some people who have, they don't realize that uh, the disease process they may have, whether, whether it's Alzheimer's um, or any, or any t- other type of um, disease where they can't move around, or just as a fact of being older. I mean, you know, you lose a lot of your ability to do a lot of things or even to hear, of course. And so if you are yelling at them and, you know, just so many different things. And, and um, uh, so that's, that's upsetting to me when people are like that. Uh, and the same thing, I guess, with kids in reverse, um, depending on the kid, you know. I mean, especially when the kid is really young and they don't know. I mean, they, they don't, you know, they're they're screaming and yelling because that's how they speak. That's how they communicate, you know. So, but, yeah, it's very frustrating for me with um, people who are elderly. And, and the problem with that is, of course, that we have a lot of people who are working with the elderly who right. are not making any money. I mean, they literally are making minimum wage or maybe a few dollars above. So you put somebody like that, um, not to talk about the person themselves, but you put someone who is, you know, they're not not making a lot of money, so they're not going to be the most um, invested in what they do every day. I mean, you might get a few people who just really love what they do, but not having money will make you a frustrated motherfucker. So you're not, you don't care about that, you know. That's that right. This is true. 
It will frustrate you for sure. All right, so Bucks, last one, dealing with the general public, you know, people who work in front of other people. You got people that walk up to you, and you have to deal with them as a customer or whatever. What about patients when it comes to that? Well, this it really, really what it boils down to is how they come at me. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, you don't want to be harassed, so to speak, if you're looking at you know, certain merchandise. Um, you know, if you go in and you you know you're looking at some of the jewelry or whatnot, and you know they keep asking you for help, and when you just want to have a little bit of time to kind of make a decision on what you want, it's like, hey, can I help you? No, I'm good. I you know I'll get you in a few minutes if you know I need some help. And about two minutes afterwards, they ask them for help again. Um, like you know they're looking at you like you're trying to steal something. I don't have time for that. I, you know. If I'm coming in your store, that means I got money to get what I want. So, or at least, you know, something that I'm looking at. And I don't want to be harassed while I'm looking at something. Um, other times, you know, it, they can come at the right time. You know, you're looking at a certain, you know, certain thing you want to purchase. And, you know, you may have some questions about, you know, what you're about to purchase. Or what are some of the reviews about what you're purchasing. So it can work both ways. But in any event, you know, try to be patient if you can. But, you know, it seems like, you know, I don't have time for that that either. So I get a little irritated when it's, you know, when it becomes bothersome. Okay. All right. Well, um, patience is definitely something. Uh, would they say patience is a virtue? Um, it's definitely something that's important. And as far as when it comes to relationships, um, I mean, you definitely need to have a balance. You don't want to be too patient. You don't want to be too impatient because, you know, that can make you stay in a bad situation or miss out on a good situation if you want or the other. Kind of like, you know, I don't know what I missed out on with the person who burped at the table. Like I said, they could she could be a senator now, so you have no idea. But... um I want to say, let's see, next week on Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, how do we bridge generation gaps? And on this show, we'll ask the question about how or if we can fix the disconnect between the old school and the new school. We'll talk about some of the differences that uh, we have with different generations. We'll talk about, um, I'll ask each of you if there's, like one or two things that you could force upon the younger generation, what would it be? Like, for example, if you can tell them to watch three movies from your generation, what three movies would you suggest? Or, uh, you know, what three three things as far as maybe uh, values or you would pass down? We'll discuss different things um, regarding generation gaps. Next Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Go to TalkToQ.com for a show calendar. And we're going to be off on Wednesday the 23rd, getting close to Christmas. Give everybody a break, have time to hang with their family who may be coming into town and all that stuff. So just one show next week. There's a possibility I might sign in to do some zone coverage or something for about an hour um, maybe an hour early, but I'll let you all know if I do that. But it won't be a topic show next Wednesday. All right. 
final thoughts, and Eminem, I'll start with you. Oh, man, great show. Great show as always. Uh, you know, I like the the topic on patience, you know. That's that's something that a lot of Americans need more of anyway. Uh, and I think it kind of just kind of set a precursor to the, the topic uh, about the, the newer and younger, older generation, but I don't want to give some of my stuff away. But like I say, of course, I guess you can assume patience will be something uh, because when you appreciate shit, you tend to be more patient anyway. I don't care what it is. Um, uh, as far as, you know, kind of like, the, you know, the points I was making, but uh, I forgot some of that shit I was saying, like on relationships. But the thing is, it's easy to be patient when you see, when you're, when you are pursuing, uh, there's no complete person to an extent, but, but everybody, you know, pretty much has that, you know, some of those top things that they're looking for that can kind of, you know, help you overlook some of the things that, you know, uh, may ick you a little bit, but uh, it won't just totally just say, oh, fuck it, I'm out of here, you know. Yeah. But uh, that's what like I say, you know. Um, you know, because you got to, you, you got to, you know, you got to do what makes your heart beat, you know what I'm saying? So I don't care what it is, whether it's a job, a career, uh, whatever you got passion for. So I don't know why people think relationships are no different, you know. It's just like uh, uh, any of us could have easily been, a, and I'm not, you know, down in a plumber, but 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 if we just strictly wanted money, I mean, a plumber makes damn near as much money as they want to make, you know, but that ain't for everybody, you know. I know this shit ain't for me, so... You know, you got to do what, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times people get in relationships based on, you know, what's right for society and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's what make your heart beat, what, what, what's going to, you know, cause you to have more patience. It don't mean you're going to take a lot of shit, but you'll probably be able to take more shit than what you would dealing with somebody that you just got because you just got them. You know what I mean? Right. So, um Ah, uh, damn! What was the other topic, man? Uh, that was really the only topic. Okay, because you you hit us with like a whole bunch of different questions. Everybody had a single one, so I guess oh, that yeah. was okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, um, the 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 perfect way to 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 deal with anything, though, man. Honestly, dealing with a relationship. <laughs> Turn on that filter, baby. Turn it on. And those of you familiar with the show already know what I'm going to say, and damn it, I'm going to say it. You pass 1313, and you put that meat market out there. You know what I'm saying? You let all these this gold is walking around here. Uh, put that shit on, take it out of Fort Knox. Fort Knox is them draws. You take, the, you take them draws off in exchange for that U.S. currency, cash it in, it'll be a happier place. I don't care what anybody says is the truth. You will have half of the bullshit in relationships that you see now. Because for one, anybody who's not in it for the right reason is going to be out there either johnning or hooking, period. <laughs> Slick dick. Tommy Rick. <laughs> no, I ain't telling you don't screw. Screwing's cool. Amen.
right, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. that pussy right. Keep it tight. <laughs> <laughs> He's preaching tonight. Yeah, yeah. All right. Slap in the Ray. face and say, ooh, kid, Donald Mike. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, interesting, interesting topic, man. Go ahead, man. Because, um, because you know, patience can 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 be talked about, be covered over a lot of different subjects. But you know, patience in a relationship. You know, I think everybody should have patience for anybody that they want to potentially get serious with. Because, like I say, you got to talk to a person to find out who they are, what they're about, what they like. And if you're just out to screw, it's not about a relationship. And that's where a lot of people get messed up. They got babies they don't want, they can't take care of. And, you know, when they got, you know, too many kids by too many different women and stuff like that because they made these impulsive decisions. You know, you have to take your time and think. I'm not telling you not to go out there, you know, and get something if you can get it. But if you're trying to be serious, and I don't think a person that's been dating for 20 years should be doing the same shit they were doing when they was 20. You know, it's time for you to fall back a little bit. That's the young boy's game. So in the females, is. You know, they may want to be patient, but a lot of times people don't take females seriously because they have a list of things that they want. Okay, it's different if you were a virgin, different if you were a doctor or you were a lawyer, but you want a guy making half a million dollars a year and you make $10 an hour, that's backwards. Okay, let's look at your date history. You got all these standards. But the dude that you got kids for, he ain't nowhere close to what that standard is. <laughs> you know, guy you were married to ain't nowhere close to that standard. So how can you have standards that you say, well, you know, I can't find anybody because the standards are so high. To me, you should want to find the female or the male version of what you are. So if you say, well, I'm educated, okay, if someone else is educated, then you can get together. Oh, well, you got to have this guy. Oh, you got to have a doctor's degree. Well, how far did you get in school? You know, oh, well, he got a million, half million dollars. Okay, well, how much money do you make? Oh, he got to have his own house. Oh, do you have your own house, et cetera. So when people have these standards, let's take a look at this, how they come into those standards. Are they real standards or just bullshit to mask the fact that they don't know how to get somebody that they can get along with? So, you know, it was a good topic and interesting and entertaining. And look forward to the next one. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that good stuff. Buck, what it do? Great show tonight. I mean, a lot of good things going on. You know, a lot of good things were said. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, these are topics that we really need to talk, talk more about. Um, so that way, that way, you know, people that are having issues in their relationship can, you know, improve them and, and hold on to them. I mean, life's short. So, 
You don't want to deprive yourself of a great human experience by, you know, not communicating and not doing the things you need to do to make it successful. So the more the more of these kind of topics that you have, the better, you know, a better hopefully, you know, the listeners that are listening will, you know, be in that relationship. So great topic, great show, and waiting for some zone coverage. Thank you very much, sir. And Crystal, shut it down for our brother. Yeah, it was a good show. And um, uh, patience is a virtue, and there it is. So um, I look forward to the next show. All right. Thank you very much, ma'am. Short, sweet, and complete. Yep. And all right. Um, my thanks to my... <laughs> yeah, I know, right? My th- <laughs> thanks to my show legends, Tweet Chatters, who did a good job on Twitter tonight, Facebookers who are still going at it. Thank you for participating on tonight's show. The upcoming show schedule can be found at talktoq.com. Thanks to Should Be Fishing and X470 in the chat room. A couple of guests that chimed in and out. Hope you all return for Tuesday's show. If you want to hear previous shows, then subscribe to me on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or the Good Radio Network and get caught up. Everyone have a good night. If you're into sports, stay on the line. It's time for a little zone coverage. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight. And we start the whole circle thing up. Help me. Anything move, we knock out. Let's go. I am the greatest. Go play intramurals, brother. But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Playoffs? What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? zone coverage, mainly the NFL, we cover it sideline to sideline, ends on the end zone, you know how we do it, but we also get down with a little boxing, we got to finish up a boxing conversation from last night, where we were talking about Roy Jones Jr. taking another canvas nap, and uh, <laughs> what needs to be done, uh, and, and Ray, let me start with you, man, uh, sh- First of all, and I hate to I hate to do this to people because you always have exceptions to the rule, like Bernard Hopkins. But how do you feel about an age limit on boxing? And if not an age limit, 
should we be able to ban people from boxing to the point they can't even go overseas and do it? I mean, does that be something uh, unified? I mean, no. I mean, I, I kind of feel differently about the whole boxing thing. I mean, I don't think that a guy should box if they keep constantly getting whooped. But the only way to make somebody stop is to stop them. And now in boxing, the guy getting hit a few times, they want to stop the fight. If a guy standing on his feet, I don't give a damn if he's getting hit 50 times and his eyes is as glassy as crystals, I'm going, you know, let him keep getting hit. Because if you talk about you're going to win a fight, and you do not win that fight, you're going to get that work when you're in that ring. Hmm. If you're on your feet. Now, if you fall down, you're going to get counted out. But if you lean on the ropes, I don't care if you get you 50 times with your hands now, you're going to get that work if it was me. <laughs> now, <laughs> if, now uh, a guy like Roy, he, he was a legend when he was doing his thing, and I watched the Roy highlights the other day, and he was spectacular. But now you get you can't box anymore, and a friend of mine told me that his knees are so bad that he doesn't do any road work. How the fuck you going to box oh, if you don't man. box? You know what I'm saying? Now you're still talking, well, I can do this, and, you know, and, and I want to put these hands on somebody else. I can't stand nobody talking like they still the legend that they used to be. Like, I'm the biggest Michael Jordan fan in the world. But Michael Jordan come back to basketball and talked and pointed his finger like he did 25 years ago, I wouldn't want to see it. And, you know, you were good then. You're not good now. Stay on the sideline if you want to commentate or whatever you want to do, do that. But you talking about, well, I still believe I can win and I can do this and I can do that. Okay, let him get out there. But you want to be a champion, or you going to fight Kovalev or somebody like that? Man, we going to set you up, Jack. We guarantee you ain't going to come back from this one. Because <laughs> a guy like Kovalev make $2 million, we going to give him 25 We going to put it away. And trust me, we going to bring a brand new referee in, and he going to be me. <laughs> and we'll stop that. And I'm serious. Yeah. We'll stop that. <laughs> But, but what does it do? You know, I, I I hate to take away from someone's legacy because even if Roy Jones gets knocked out ten more times, he's still one of the greatest fighters that I saw when he was in his prime. But can you get knocked out to the point that, you know, I mean, you know, of course he's older now, so the people who didn't, people who didn't see him fight in the 90s, you know, people who are like just now in their teens or 20s or something like this, this is the only Roy Jones they know, the Roy Jones that get knocked out all the time. I mean, can you ruin your legacy by staying around too long? Yes, definitely you can. I mean, and it's happening to Roy Jones, unfortunately. I mean, this is a guy for pound to pound back in the day, one of the best of all time. And, uh, you know, and like I said last night, I mean, this is, I mean, you get, he's, already, he's got nine losses. So when you get, you know, nine is a little bit too many. I could see four or five. Maybe six, but he on nine. He almost out the single digits. One more fight, and he, if he hits ten, you know now you're looking mediocre. So, 
I know Ray's favorite favorite thing is tomato cans, but to me, he's not even a tomato can. He's more like a tuna can. So, I mean, it's just a tuna uh, can. He, <laughs> so, you know, tuna can small, they ain't big. So, anyway, it's just to the point now that, um, you know, he just really, I mean, I know he lives in Pensacola and he's done a lot for the Pensacola area and things of that nature. But, but I mean, be a commentator. Um, maybe even, you, still you know. Yeah, you got why right, you still got your faculties about you. So if you want to participate in something, you know, you don't want to commentate, then train. I mean, his dad was a trainer for quite some time. He was a decent boxer in his own, own right. But train. And, um, you know, you, that way at least you be ringside, you know, and you know, you're not doing the, the boxing, but at least train some fighters and things of that nature. There's several things he could do. Um other than boxing, he's he's past his prime. So I mean, it's good to try to stay in shape and things of that nature. But it, you know, when you get your ass knocked to sleep and you sleep before you hit the floor, um, and you know, <laughs> now you have to say, you know, this, this somebody still sleep from that ass with me got the other night. So they you had to sleep on the plane on the way back. But the bottom line of it is, it's just not, it's not right, man. It's not right. And I hate to even talk about I talk about him that way because um, simply because my son, my oldest son Tony was actually you know actually went to his uh, boxing training school that his dad has here, and I mean so he's met Roy Jones and things that nature. So to see him be a shadow of his former self is really disheartening. So um, you know hopefully he you know this last nap he took will be his last you know and maybe he'll you know learn from that. Yeah, I yeah. um, I want to say real quick. Did, did did you did you see him when they rolled him over and he just kept shaking his legs? Yeah, yeah. He, I, he, I, he had nerve problems or something, man. That was no. Bad. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what that's all about. He was in Moscow, Russia, and when he got hit, he thought he's back in Pensacola, Florida, fucking one of the most. <laughs> that's what he thought he was in the bed. I'm, I'm serious. He thought he was in the bed. <laughs> That's what he thought it was. You, have you ever seen a box to do that? Nah, not if that I can hurt. recall. That's what I'm saying. He thought he I was somewhere else. I'm telling you. Normally, when you roll them over, they just, you know, kind of out of it. But I've never seen one kicking like that. So, because I was concerned when I saw it. But, I mean, my thing is, and I met Roger. I got him the autograph a t shirt he had, uh, you know, for one of his, uh, for his um, rap album. He had T-shirts that he was promoting. This is over near Tulu College back in the, I guess around 2002 or three, and I got to meet him and everything. And I remember just thinking, like, man, this dude is, you know, he's Sugar Ray Leonard of my generation. You know, well, maybe not my generation because I guess Sugar Ray Leonard was of my generation, but he's Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, a new version of him. And everything, and I remember thinking about how great the story is going to be for me to tell people and show them this autographed T-shirt of Roy Jones Jr. And man, I had a T-shirt so far off in my closet, man. And I mean, <laughs> it's not that he's not a great fighter or anything like that, but I mean, people don't even look at him the same because you got people who don't remember when he was good. You know, it's kind of like I get I get more garbage from. 
20-year-old Cowboy haters because they don't remember when the Cowboys were good. So all they know is that the Cowboys suck. And, that's you know, I get it more from them than I do from older people because you get to a point to where if you haven't done anything in a while, man, people don't know. You know, and, like, Roy Jones was, you know, and Eminem, I know he's one of your favorites, was oh, yeah. arguably – one of the yeah. quickest and just more accurate punches and just couldn't be hit and one of the most exciting fighters to watch and everything. And now he's to the point now he can't even fight a cold, you know? Yeah. I mean, I this mean, guy shouldn't even be allowed to fight his roosters. I mean, he he should have been stopped fighting a long, long time ago. And you see, the, see, the thing is, it, it, it's kind of like what you see in everyday life, uh, a lot of times with uh, guys that are well, well, what I refer to as just natural athletes, they just stuff they can do that just you 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 don't you can't train it, you can't coach it. But at some point, father time affects you more so than anybody else because you don't really have a lot of uh, technical skills and all yeah, that. Yeah, you ain't made well. along with it, right? So, so what what happened? He, 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 it's a it's a tragedy. Now, as far as the legacy, you know, um, I'm going to have to uh, disagree some because for the most part, most of the the boxing legends out there, most of them, you know, maybe the last two years of fighting or, or more so, you know, they was kind of the same way. Should have got out the ring, you know, yeah. Muhammad probably fought five. I mean, but when it's all said and done and all that, you, you're going to be remembered for your, your, your prime years. That's true. But you know what, though? No, no. I think the, the difference is a lot of them weren't taking naps in midair, though. This dude I mean, no. is I mean, it's one thing be. to get beaten to the point to where, all right, you lost the decision in a 15-round fight back in 1982, so, you know, that shows you kind of washed up. That's right. different than having somebody I've never heard of beat you to Not sleep but, in front but, of a but, bunch but, of Russians. Right, but, but this, 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 is, but this, this is the difference, though. This is the difference, though. I ain't gonna say nobody, but very few people will believe that that fight would have even been uh, two rounds, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. True. You know, so that's that's the thing. Most no, of the time, I, I I think I, I like I say, man, I, I like Roy when he was fighting. He was a good fighter, but at the same time, Roy fought a lot of guys that was very beatable. Now Bernard Hopkins got better as he got older. But as far as Joe Calzaki and all them guys, he should have fought when he was in his prime. He never fought. Yes. And Calzaki never been whooped. And when he fought well, 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 seven years ago, though. Calzaki put it on his ass. Well, see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because that's why I'm glad Mayweather didn't do what Floyd did. Floyd listened to everybody telling them, you know, uh, you know, to, to, to move up and fight this person. Floyd dominated. Uh, he, he, I, I forgot how many different weight categories he fought in. But I ain't no telling. He should have stopped he, he when he beat lot. Ruiz, John Ruiz, right. in the heavyweight. But I mean, he, he never. Yeah, John Ruiz was a bum. Yeah. yeah, but see, yeah, that's you know, true. Gonna, I, I, I hope we wait. You but, come get Holyfield or somebody. But I still but, give him credit for Roy Jones. Roy Jones never was a heavyweight. Yeah, I still give him credit. That was a nice. That was an incredible feat. 
Right, no, but I'm saying no, no, it wasn't. He he didn't even make weight as a heavyweight. They shouldn't even let the fight begin. What was he, 190 pounds? But to me, that that makes it that, well. Yeah. That, that's more from a, a reason. No, no I tell you what, the only thing y'all, what y'all saying now, is like you take Mayweather and bring him up to one 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 uh, sixty eight, and let him fight a mediocre fighter up there, and chances are he's gonna win the fight at one sixty eight if he fight a mediocre fighter. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. When you fight see, somebody, but, I'm saying, like, though, but but the thing is, the point I'm making. Is Floyd did? I mean, Floyd did the wrong thing. He should have did what Mayweather did. Mayweather don't give a damn what people say about him. He's not finna just start moving up rank oh, you mean for the fame. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he gonna no, fight but, where he is. But, but Roy got his ass whooped in the class that he was in. It ain't like he moved up in weight and loss. What wait, wait did he move up in and loss? Tarvin them beat his ass in his own division. Glenn Johnson in his own division. That Glenn Johnson just, I, man, that really just. Cause oh, that's the first time I really just saw. I just saw him sleep. I mean, like, okay, now you just going to sleep every week. Now you just taking regular naps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can say, but like I say, you know, that, that that's the thing about it. You know, that's what happens when you you go past your prime. You know, you have people beating you. Then, you know, you'll be like, well, the the the, the people that's your fans will say, there's no way. These guys would have beat him, and then you know others would say, sure. you know, but he overrated. But I'm just saying, the, he the got point I'm making out, though, brother. Nah, but yeah, see, the point I'm making though, he was 32 or something. He wasn't at his prime then. Yes, he was. For, for, he was for, out of his prime. He may not be old. His, right. right. He was now, for well, a lot of boxers, a lot of boxers with skills, that's not out of their prime. But for somebody that pretty much based their stuff off of. Speed. Just being a better athlete than the average, I mean, that's about as far as you're going to go before it starts showing up. Yeah. Roy Jones didn't have the shelf life that a lot of these guys have because he re- he, re- he relies so much on speed. That, right. that's, uh, what, that's, what, that's, one, that's my point. That's my point. It's just like, yeah, once he lost that you, speed, that was it. Right. And, and so when that changes, then you have to end where another guy might can go to 40. You know, you have to almost stop, you know, 31, 32. That's about it. Then you're going to naturally start slowing down. Track, yeah, whatever. See, what happened with him, in my opinion, all right, so uh, you lost to, to Tarver, all right, got TKO in the second round. You lost to Glenn Johnson. Then you lost to Tarver again in a decision. All right, I mean, everything ain't all that bad. All right, you beat Felix Trinidad, who, you know, yeah, he Felix was 20 Trinidad. pounds bigger than Trinidad. Yeah, you, you beat Felix yeah. Trinidad in a dis- unanimous decision. And then you fought Joe Kazagi and, and lost. And, you know, that dude was just, he, he whooped everybody. So, and then, I mean, so still it's like, all right, not that bad, right? Then you TKO Omar Sheikah, who was overrated. And then you beat um, Jeff Lacey. So then all of a sudden, here comes Danny Green, knock, knocks you out in the first round. Then you lose to Bernard Hopkins, and then you get knocked out by uh, um, somebody. I can't remember who he was. He, when you went up, he went up to 200 pounds. Uh, got knocked out in the 10th round of that. At that point, I'm like, okay, maybe this dude's going to stop. It's 2011, right? And then he fought all of these no-name guys. And won like, Yeah, and won like eight in a row. 
and got all this confidence, and then you fight this dude now here at 190-some pounds, this uh, Macaronelli dude, it was 40 and 7, and he knocked you out in, in, you know, the equivalent of a back of a bar room in Russia in the fourth round, you know. <laughs> and it's it's not the way to go, man. I mean, this is a guy that had his first fight in 1989. It's 2015. You need to quit. Hey, another thing you can tell when a guy ain't ready, look at Roy's body. His body don't look like he's ready. Yeah, no, he's soft. For a guy to be 46 years old, but a guy that's boxing, your body ain't supposed to look soft like that. Nope. You know, no no, no road, no road work. Yeah, and he looks you think you're going to box. Yeah, you know, fighting all these comedic hands. At one point, he was fighting like every two or three weeks. Fighting them guys. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to get in the ring? But I said, yeah, when well, he thought he going to fight for a championship where the guy which none of us in the boxing world knew anything about, man, that guy put his ass to sleep. You're lucky he fell on top of his head. Yeah, you know? and that's the thing, man. It's to the point now you're not only, get, you know, getting damaged from the punches, you're getting damaged from hitting the, the canvas face first because you keep taking naps in the air. Uh, it's one thing to get knocked down and looking up at the, the ceiling all glassy-eyed trying to get your faculties together. It's another thing when you snore before you hit the canvas. All right. Oh, yeah. So how, how much did he get for that fight? Man, I have no idea, but it wasn't enough. No, no he probably got $100,000. I was and just then curious the guy, because... The guy that he's fighting... I mean, you have these guys now, man. Have you noticed, like, the last couple of guys that knocked out Roy, they're not even excited about it, man. You know, it's like they go around after they get, you know, the referee holds their hand up. They go grab Roy's hand up and hold him up like, hey, this this guy used to be a champ. It's like they feel bad for him, man. Is it going to take somebody talking trash to him, standing over him like Ali stood over listening before he gets the message that he can't whoop anybody? Does somebody have to embarrass him? You have to let that fight go, and then, you know, let him go out like the G-Wheel, pull out some liquor. <laughs> <laughs> because any, any, anybody has, it's just like now, you know, like the old Cappy talking shit, where I do this now, somebody, hey, if a boy 22 years old and he in shape, more than likely you're going to take that ass whooping. On the, on the street. I know that now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 42 and 22 is a big difference. You see what I'm saying? But you got to be able to recognize that. Not where I do this, I do that. No, that boy going to the gym every day, playing ball at somebody college, you better watch out. Hmm. I understand I understand that. But, you know, obviously he don't. You want to keep going? Well, I could do this. He at home watching his own tapes and looking at his trophies and looking at this and looking at that. Man, listen, it's going nowhere because if you ever fight any top fighter like Andre Ward or somebody like that or or, or Kovalev, man, listen, Roy Jones, we we going to pick something out for him, man. It's bad. It's bad to say it like that, but... Anybody else at in America? Tell me what you see. Man, I don't know what they're gonna do by Roy, but um, if he's looking 
somebody to fight. There's this guy named Johnny De La Horta. And Johnny De La Horta uh, started boxing in 2007. He's from Colombia. He's 0-20, and he's been knocked out 16 times. So if Roy can't whoop that dude, <laughs> this dude, man, why would you let somebody be 0-20 and knocked out 16 times? Why is this guy getting in the ring? He can't be getting no more than a few thousand dollars or whatever. I mean, yeah. that's not going to cover his life insurance, man. This dude fighting, he ain't fought in the United States yet. He's fighting in Colombia. Yeah, and he's been knocked out. Six times. He probably he probably living like a king. I don't know what the currency exchange is, but you know. Man, if he's with, a king, you don't even know it. Yeah, with foreigners though, I mean, you know, it let might not ask, be that bad. Let me ask you all this: one more boxing thing or whatever. In the welterweight division on BoxRec.com, they got Manny Pacquiao ranked as a number one boxer in the welterweight division. How y'all feel about that? They got Killbrook, Keith Thurman. <laughs> Timothy Bradley and Sean Port, all these guys like lined up behind him. Danny Garcia. He's the best right now until until somebody changed that. See, you everybody mean, knows. He's lost three out of his last six. Timothy Bradley didn't win the fight. He got the decision. It's a difference. Yeah, uh, Marquez caught him with a lucky shot. He was winning the fight. And he had beat Marquez, I don't know how many times before. But Marquez caught him with a shot. We've got to give him that. Uh-huh. Okay. But well, who has Marquez fought and all that since then? Pacquiao's been constantly fighting. And the belief is if they fight again, he's gonna, Marquez is going to lose. That's why Marquez will never take another fight. Probably And won't. that's what the deal is. Now, we know he beat Timothy Bradley. Now, who are you going to put in front of him? Kel Brook? Them guys ain't, ain't don't have a resume. He fought Floyd with one shoulder. Everybody knows that. I, I now, put Keith Thurman over him right now at this point. Who is Keith Thurman for? I, it don't matter, but, I mean, the he thing is. It matter, bro. No, nah, nah, but I'm fought? saying, this dude done lost. If, 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 in your last five fights, if you done lost three of them, you shouldn't be the number one. Hold it. But the thing about it is, did he revenge the bad decision to Timothy Bradley. Yes, he did. Now, who is some guys fought on Timothy Bradley's level? Nobody. Who? What do you who think about What fought? do you think about Danny Gar- Garcia? Do you give him? Um, I mean, he's fought. But Danny well, Garcia is still fighting in, in light welterweight or whatever at one forty. He ain't one forty seven. And mm-hmm. they got him listed on here. I mean. Uh, yeah. They got a list as a welterweight. I think they're uh, setting okay. that up, man. That, that, that's, but what that's I'm saying is, who is, who is Danny Garcia for the welterweight? Nobody. He fought Lamont Peterson. Uh, 140. Yeah, 142. Uh, let's see, Matisse was 140. And, yeah, he ain't really got to me. Most of his fights are at 140. Well, I guess I'm just looking at. I guess I'm just looking at if you lose, it's I just, the one spot just hard to. Mm. You, can't you, can't guy, one. you can't put a guy in a spot that ain't fought nobody. Now they ain't Keith Thurman's fault because he wants to fight people, but he has not had that big fight yet. Now, if you beat Kell Brook or you beat Amir Khan or you beat. One of these guys up here that 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 that's that's got a name in 147, 
and you ran through him. Okay, we got to give you some credit, but he ain't even beat nobody. The only person he's he got beat, a good record, he's a good fighter. He Robert Carrero, right? Yeah, yeah, he beat the ghost, and that's he's a name. You know, I ain't gonna say he's great, but he's a name. Um, he beat Luis Colazo, um, but he, he he hasn't beaten anyone of of significance as far as Keith Thurman. He's dominating people, but he ain't really beating anybody. And of significance. the thing is, when Pacquiao does have his last fight, it's going to beat Timothy Bradley. But I don't care what one of them boys he take on, he gonna whoop them. Let's see now. Uh, Lamont Peterson has, um, let's see, he fought Timothy Bradley and lost. Um, he beat, well, now he had a draw with Victor Ortiz. He beat Amir Khan. Not, yeah, he beat Amir Khan in a split decision. He got TKO by Matisse. He lost to um, Danny Garcia, a majority of his. Lamont Peterson has fought some people, though. I mean, he will fight. I give him credit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's so, a good fighter. And then you got guys, you got young guys like Errol Spence Jr. He ain't he up and coming. He ain't fought nobody yet, but I like watching him. So yeah, he wearing all them glasses and stuff. Somebody gonna catch up with his ass too. When they come see Terrence Crawford, if they fight at one forty, which I believe they will, they gonna get split. Adrian Brown the same thing. They gonna get split. A lot of these guys want to want to be famous, but you got to fight somebody. And like well, see, I said, I, 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 go ahead. No, I'm saying, you know, I respect everything that that, that that Floyd has done. Making the money, creating the business for himself and all this other stuff. But the man did not fight people in their prime. It's I, just yeah, like I agree with that. The, the, the Canelo Triple G fight. They talking about we gonna get it together at the end of next year. That's when you're supposed to get it on. Triple G is 30, 33 years old. If he fight when he's thirty eight, and Canelo is, is twenty five, and he fighting when he's when he's thirty, and he's thirty eight, the fight don't have the same meaning five years from now. That's what nah. Floyd done. Then the guy that you fought went in there with a bad shoulder. And nobody, well, we don't want to hear about the bad shoulder. Okay, the man got x-rays, he had surgery, he had everything else. Now, we don't want to hear that. But at the same time, that's not an excuse, that's the reality. And it's not the same fight as it would have been five years ago. And he blown that. That's why he could never be considered as the greatest in my eyes, because you did not fight the people when you need to fight them when they should have been fought. Now, is he the best defensive fighter I ever seen? Yes, he is. That's why I do believe if he'd have fought Sugar Ray and them, he would have beat him because he got the defense to do it. But the thing about it is is he's not the greatest because he didn't fight the people in their prime. You don't sit here and pick and choose who you want to fight. To me, they need a boxing commission that makes you fight the top-notch fighter no matter what, or we're going to strip them titles off your ass. I agree with that. That's what it should be. Not, well, you know the money ain't right. Oh, well, I want $60 million, and I'm offering them five. He ain't going to get five fighting nobody else and all this. If that guy only worth $5 million, he ain't worth you fighting him. You see what I'm saying? That's just real. I don't give a damn if he's green. You know, we grow no well. He's black, he's black, he's black. He's black ain't got nothing to do with it. We talking about a sport. 
and the man just didn't do things correctly. Did he fight win every fight he fought? Yes. But who did he fight in their prime? Canelo was a 22-year-old kid. And you fight a great veteran, you're going to get your ass whooped. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yes, that, that's exactly what happened. You you would have took any of them guys, Muhammad Ali, anybody, if he was 34 years old, or Mike Tyson, if somebody was, was 20, a young kid coming in there, he got all experience, what you think going to happen? You fight the guy when he in his prime, and then we see what happens. Of course, I think he'll win again, but we want to see you fight a guy in his prime. Triple G wants to fight, make the fight happen. You see what I'm saying? Don't, you, you fought Canelo, so Triple G is too big for you, and they both going to fight each other? No, I'm not buying that. So, hmm. you know, get it together. Okay, okay. And, uh, well, I know looking at, I was looking at Terrence Crawford, um, you know, and some of the, uh, some of the, the super lightweights. And Terrence Crawford, you know, sits on top of that with uh, Victor Posto, the Iceman behind him. So uh, both of them are undefeated. And, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them get together. Uh, they got Adrian Broner listed as number three. And now they have um, Provodnikov at number six and Lucas Matisse at number seven. Wouldn't you put both of them ahead of Adrian Broner? Or do y'all think that Adrian Broner deserves to be number three? Uh, No. I mean, Adrian Broner moved up to 147 when he should have probably stayed at 135 and 140. Maybe at 140 he can do well. But when a guy will, will duck and run, when he meets a fighter like Terrence Crawford, the rubber going to meet the road. And when that rubber meets the road, I think he's going to lose a couple of them. See, right now, he, they they elected him to be the champion. Then he fought some more to me the can. Now he's getting ready to fight another journeyman. supposed to be a Floyd fighter, but the guy lost seven fights. How can he be a contender when you mm-hmm. got Amir Khan and all these guys that want to fight? Danny Garcia, all these guys that want to fight. See, if you have to make money, you got to build your name up on good fighters. See, you is you got thirty two, thirty three fights, and basically everybody that you fought that was somebody they whooped your ass. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, what was that all about? You wear all the jewelry and talk with everything all you want to. But if we're talking about the sport itself, these guys ain't handling business right. See, Canelo and them, win, lose, or draw, or get knocked out, they willing to make the fight because they believe they the best. Not talking about they the best. Well, you could. Well, you got to come see me, and if you don't come see me, um, you know, you gotta, you got to do this and that. You want to fight me, and I got to make sure you're wearing these kind of gloves and not them kind of gloves and all that. Right. Oh, I don't believe in all that. You know, let's get it on. And, I mean, because, like, what I like about – when you look at Provodnikov, I mean, he lost to Timothy Bradley, Chris Algieri, and Matisse. I mean, so he lost to some quality fighters. You know, those are three of his losses and everything. So, and, you know, Adrian Broner, um, I mean, he lost to Sean Porter, who's a good fighter. He lost to Madonna, uh, who's a pretty good fighter. Uh, 
that was a good fight with Sean Porter. Um, I, yeah, the, the fight with Porter, Porter, he actually showed something in that fight, you know. And, I mean, Adrian Burner looked like one of those guys. I think if he if he really took boxing seriously, I think he would be a lot better off than – I know he would be a lot better off than where he is. I'm not saying he'd be some, you know, undefeated champion. He has great talent. Fast yeah. hands, but like the Sean Porter fight, he was supposed to win. He talked about Sean Porter all before the fight for weeks. Sean Porter went there and took it to him, and he got his ass whipped. He caught him in a 12th yeah. round. That's about the best highlight that he had, and he got beat. The similar to how Prince uh, Hamid did years ago. Yeah. When, when he... When when he got beat, I forget the guy named the beat him. Marco Antonio Barrera. Marco Marco Barrera, and you know he he didn't respect him at all. Man, say what happened if he do this? I'll be ready for whatever that boy does. He was standing back there talking that shit before the fight. Barrera put it on his ass, and he fought maybe one time since then. And he was the biggest draw in boxing at that time beside Espinel yeah. Boy. We I saw think it, that I think one he quit after that fight. I think. Yeah. He I think I like one more time, and that was, one more time or so, and that was it. Be, because when you have guys that are like Broner, when you get in there with a guy where your lips is busted, your eyes are swollen, you going to keep on fighting? I don't believe so. You and, know, uh, because that's what Madonna yeah, did. Backed him up. Madonna backed him up. Instead of you saying, well, okay, uh, well, I, I, I try to please the crowd. That's why I lost. That's why the man knocked you on your ass? Okay. Well, you want a couple of fights? Tell Madonna you want a rematch. He'll, be, he'll fight you in Cincinnati, in your mama's backyard. Right. And whoop you know you. what I mean? And whoop you. Yeah. So we need to stop talking all that, you know, I do this, I do that. Like I say, once again, I don't care what color the guy is. We talking about boxing. Yeah, you know, man. I think I think one of the biggest disappointments I had as far as concerning the boxing hall of fame, man, was that uh, person Nassim Hamed wasn't there. His wife was sick, and I mean, I really wanted to meet that dude, boy, because that dude, I just love to watch him fight. I didn't see him lose to Barrera. I missed that fight, but uh, man, I wanted I wanted to meet that dude. Did he get whooped? Did he get whooped? And I mean, me would knock you out with either hand. He was a good fighter. And he off balance, in the ring he and had no good defense. Yeah. That dude had that the thickest calf muscles, man. He was he just yeah, had so much power. That's what I remember the most about him, them tree trunks he had on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a small dude. You know, he's about 120 mm-hmm. pounds, but that dude, five or four. But All right, so last <laughs> one, just looking at the, the, the super welterweights with Ares uh, Landy Lara. Um, they got him on top at 22-2-2. They got Miguel Cotto second. And uh, Jamal Charlo and Jamil Charlo follow behind, 23-0 and 27-0. and uh, Then you have, uh, like, Marta Rosian at, at number the sixth spot. Omar Figueroa Jr. at the seventh spot. Carlos Molina at the eighth. Uh, I kind of like this, this weight class. Uh, you know, James Kirkland is up in here. Eshay Smith, Austin Trout. They got some names that you can recognize, and I kind of like the super uh, welterweights. But uh, what do y'all think about the the, the 
Charlo twins, man. I, I don't know if y'all have ever seen them fight. I couldn't tell you which one I've seen fight because I know I've seen one of them fight. I just don't remember which one it was. And uh, But they look pretty good. Oh, yeah. They got some talent. I know that. I mean, I hadn't seen them fight. I've seen, you know, some of the highlights from the, those two guys. But from what I see from the highlights, I mean, they look like they, you know, they look like they're doing something. And, you know, they're moving up through the ranks. You know, maybe, they, you know, they may start, you know, one of these two or maybe both of them might, you know, might be able to contend for the title here pretty soon. They're and, in that seat now. I mean, neither one of them is going to fight each other, I'm sure. It might be like the Klitschko thing. I don't know. I hadn't right. actually heard about that. Um, now, I do know uh, Jermail beat Marta Rosen, and I think that's the fight I saw. So, I guess he's the one that I saw. That was back in March of this year. Um, and his let's see, his brother, Jamal, let's see if I recognize. He beat Cornelius Bundridge, who's a, a decent fighter. But I really don't recognize any of these other guys he's fought. So they need to step up their level of competition. But if you haven't seen um, either of the Charlo brothers box, man, I mean, they're they're pretty decent fighters. And I think that, they, you know, one of them's going to make a name for himself at some point. They're 25 years old. They're pretty young. Neither of them have lost, and uh, they look pretty good. So, but all right, all right, let me uh, go ahead and get some football. We'll come back to boxing if something else comes up. But I want to definitely talk about this week's upcoming games. Uh, tomorrow we got Tampa Bay and St. Louis, so it's not that great of a game. I might peek in on it. Tampa Bay does need to win out if they're thinking about making the playoffs. But, um, I mean, it's really going to be rough for them to make the playoffs because they got to have Seattle and Minnesota basically lose the rest of their games. Uh, Saturday you have the Jets and the Cowboys. The Cowboys are mathematically still in it, but they're being down two games with three games left. I don't see them making it. Uh, so they're just trying to play spoiler to the Jets. And the Cowboys haven't played – I think they've lost like eight out of ten at home or something over the last two seasons. And playing at home doesn't mean anything for them. So – I don't know how good they're going to fare against the Jets, who are sometime. But looking at Sunday's game, the games that are important, the Chiefs are 8-5, and five, going against the 4-9 and nine Ravens. Anybody think the Ravens have a chance? Probably not. So you're probably no. looking at the Chiefs going no, to 9-5. They, they, they got too many injuries. Yeah. Uh, the Falcons, who are all but out of it, are playing the Jaguars, who are actually still in it, even at 5-8. and eight. Uh and I actually think the Jaguars can beat can beat the Falcons at this point. I just don't like the Falcons at all. Uh, now here's an interesting game: the 13 and 0 Panthers will play the 6 and 7 Giants. We know the Giants are giant killers, right? That's just what they do. I think if if the Panthers are going to lose any game, I think this is the one they're going to lose. But yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, so I would be kind of worried going into the Meadowlands at MetLife Stadium having to play these guys. Does anybody want to predict the Giants will win? No. They ain't going to go that far. Absolutely not. Uh, I, I no. mean, I, no. I, I just think that if it's going to be a, a game that they could lose, that that would be it. But I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to step out and predict they're going to lose. But um, But the Giants have the tendencies to do that kind of stuff, you know. It's what they do, man. It's like right, they right. live to ruin folks. You know, and I'm pretty sure, you know, Tom Brady hates them. 
But but uh, that's going to be a pretty interesting game. I'm going to keep an eye on that. Um, and I will be pulling for the Panthers, of course. Uh, Tennessee is the next sacrificial lamb for the Patriots. Did the Patriots sign Steven Jackson today? I heard they were talking to him. They, they were him? talking about it. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe they did. I know okay. they worked out. Did they work out? Yeah, they worked out Trent Richardson. And yeah. they, they signed Monty Ball, I know that. Yeah. Well, you know it's bad you working out Trent Richardson. Yeah, so. yeah, but my Monty Ball ain't, ain't much better. I don't trust them guys nope. in Wisconsin. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I didn't even know Monty Ball was still around. Um, yeah, but you coming to league 2013, you out already? That's why yeah. I was hoping mm-hmm. like him. Yeah, he didn't break Barry Sanders' record, man. Because Barry deserved to have that record in college with the 30-something touchdowns and all that. Because these these bums be threatening for a record, and then they get to the league, they don't do nothing. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's crazy. Okay. So um, we have Chicago 5-8 and eight going up against Minnesota. Chicago's not really playing, playing for anything right now. Minnesota needs to win this game, Eminem, to get back um, in control of things. Because, I mean, right now, when you when you look at the, I guess you say the playoff standings, uh, Minnesota's in that sixth spot, and even though Tampa Bay's still behind by a couple of games, you put a little pressure on yourself if you lose this game and Tampa Bay wins and just a game out. Right, no doubt. Uh, matter of fact, the last couple of weeks, the the Minnesota's been playing like they already clinched the playoffs. I mean, it's like. Uh, it's kind of hard to put your finger on it other than, uh, you know, of course, you know, they they rely heavily on the run game. But, you know, who wouldn't with a running back like that? But at the same time, you know, they, they have to play with a, um, a certain level of, uh, you know, understanding that, you, you know, you gotta you got to win the ones that you have to win, you know. Then you want to. You know, you you want to surprise a few teams, but you got to win the ones you have to win, and this is this is one Sunday. You know, they you, they they can't approach it like we good and we probably gonna make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? You know, mm-hmm. they, they have to they have to start putting teams away. You know, if they want to uh, if they want to be a formidable uh, a formidable challenging team in that uh, that North Division. You know, uh, they they, they kind of remind me of what Detroit was a few years back. You know, it, then they just kind of fizzled out. So they, they, I hope they don't go that way because yeah. I definitely think Bridgewater could be, you know, um, a developing, uh, you know, good quarterback. I don't know how great he might be, but, you know, but I, I think he, he has uh, a lot of things working for him that could uh, – you know, lead a team in the right direction, you know, with that defense. And, um, of course, that running game like that ain't going to last forever. But, you know, I, I think the chemistry is good. But now they just got to capitalize on it and not take for granted that next year they're going to be in the same spot because we've seen how Detroit played for a few weeks. They look like the team they was, you know. Green Bay still got Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, my personal thoughts on – NFL football specifically, you got to focus on 
your division opponents first, you know. What you stand up against them, you know. How, you know, uh, if you don't make it or don't do nothing this year, you know, what you're dealing with the next couple of years. So, I mean, they have to, I think this is the year they – if they're going to make a statement about at least making the playoffs, they have to they have to handle business. They have to. Yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt. No doubt. Uh, all right. So, this is the most important game, I guess, between – well, no, it isn't. I got two back-to-back games with six and seven teams. The Texans and the Colts will play for first place. Um, both of them are six and seven. One of them will get the five hundred bar and a tie. And Ray, I, I don't, I haven't heard the status of Matt Hasselbeck. I'm assuming he, as he's not going to play. He had hurt. Didn't he crack a rib or something? Is he supposed to play? I noticed that Andrew Luck was practicing, but I don't look for him to play. No, Hasselbeck uh, is playing. No, he I, is. yeah, Whitehurst, Whitehurst is probably going to get the start. They saying that it's more than likely that he will. You know, I don't think Luck is going to come back at all unless they're going to make the playoffs or if if they're still in it. I know it's close, but once Houston knock them off and then maybe another boss, it ain't no use in Luck coming back. I mean, I don't see why they're talking about Luck. Let's get the ass tore up with Andrew Luck. Right. I say he was bad, Luck. And and then, you know, we talking about injuries. Like, putting all these injuries out with Peyton Manning. It's, it's one of two things. If he was injured and you guys didn't put it on the injury report, you're breaking NFL rules. So which one of them is it? Right. Now, look, oh, what's this? Oh, is that and the other? Okay, well, he, so, so he come in out of uh, the preseason hurt then. Because he was playing like a bum from the beginning. You know, and I yep. like Andrew Luck. But don't make excuses for the guy because he's playing back. Oh, he come back. Well, they got to hold on to Luck gets here. They got to hold on to Luck gets here. They act like they were 5-0 and when Luck went out. Come on now. <laughs> they didn't win the until, he got, until he went out. Hey, this is 2013-2014. I agree with you. But everything right. we saw this year is just horrible. Yeah. You know, leading the league in turnovers and shit. No, Bad decisions. Okay. Bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Texans can get control of this division. Yeah. No, I, I think Texas, Jacksonville will win. I'm going to say the Texans can get control of this division with the, with the win, and Jacksonville mm-hmm. can move up into a tie with Indy or uh, whoever loses that game if they can win their next one. So, all right, so but now we're talking about six and seven Buffalo going to the six and seven Redskins. And man, I think this is a pretty good matchup. I I wouldn't know who to pick in this game. This is probably the hardest pick of the week. Because um, both teams, I mean, Kirk Cousins has really stepped up and they're really starting to emerge and starting to look like, you know, uh, you know, starting to look like a, a very, you know, he's looking more than just a, you know, a mediocre quarterback. He's actually looking like a you know game better than a game manager. So um, you got Buffalo coming in here off the, you know they really need to win this game. They really need it really bad. Um, but Washington's in the hunt. I mean, you know the Giants lose, then that's going to help Washington out. So and Washington's one of the strapping teams that just got to put them away. Um, so. 
And you're going to have to, this is going to be a very interesting and intriguing matchup. I mean, on paper, Buffalo has the edge because of their defense. But, I mean, Kirk Cousins keep these guys in games, man, and they believe it. Um, so, it's a toss-up. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. It's going to be a toss-up. You know, the only this is going to come down to turnovers. It's going to come down to whoever plays error-free football. Man. Yeah. You know, with Washington being home, that's the only reason I'd give Washington the edge. But it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a, a game you really need to watch. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he tickled me with that. You like that? You like that? <laughs> uh, and man, um, I I just think that I, I would have to give the nod to the Redskins playing at home. But we we both know that anything can happen. In this particular game, we both know that anything can happen. So, all right, now we're talking about. Um, let's see. Well, the Seahawks will baptize Cleveland and name the Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost. We know that's going to happen. Ray, your Raiders um, have the Packers coming to town. Can you all um, have them with a little West Coast upset with them coming out there? Well, it's going to be junior versus senior, you know. Real Aaron Rodgers versus Derek Carr, and um, the Packers have not played well in the last, you know, month and a half. So it's it's possible if we put everything together and play a consistent game. I mean, but if the the real Green Bay shows up, it's going to be hard. Hey, Lacey's starting to run again, and you know, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. And they still got them guys on defense. But if we play the way that we played last week, we could come up with the victory. Okay, okay. And uh well, I was just stumbled across that um that Kirk Cousins uh it's totally off topic kinda. That Kirk Cousins um uh, clip. They got videos of I guess fans in the stands at the Redskins game getting blowjobs. Okay. And it's, it's crazy, man. You have these fans, they're standing up at like this standing room only thing that has like a little bar area to put your drinks or something. And the women are on their knees under the under the bar. And uh, they got like three separate photos. I guess it might be just be a Redskins thing. I don't know. But uh, I'm pretty sure their seats will go up if people see that. Um, I, need to, I need to go to Redskins uh, game, damn shit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Ray, I think the Raiders, I mean, if the Raiders finish 8 and 8, I think well, I think you can be happy regardless of, of your season. I mean, you don't want to just just flop at the end of the season. But if you can um win two out of the last three, I think it'll be a great season at 8 and 8 and finish on a high note especially and a win against the Packers. I think your defense is is good enough and the Packers offensive line is bad enough to where you can get some pressure on Rodgers to at least make him move. It just depends on how quickly he can get rid of the ball. Um, Charles Woodson almost had another interception this weekend. I think he collided with a player or something and ended up not getting another pick. So he's still doing his thing. And uh, I would like to see the Raiders uh, give the Packers fit and actually pull this win off. So I'm kind of pulling for y'all on this one. But uh, 
All right, Buck, so now you have the Broncos coming to town. You got Rockwilder at quarterback. Osweiler. Um, going up against, like my father called him, Ben Rockinchair. And so, I mean, this is a this would be a very huge win for you all because it will put you within a game of the Broncos, and it will kind of give you more control of your 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 destiny as far as the playoffs are concerned. Because that's the main thing. Y'all just want to get in the playoffs right now. Yeah. If we were playing at Denver, I would probably give Denver the edge. But I'm going to have to go with us this week. Um, mainly because, I mean, I know we just came off of a big game. But, I mean, the, you know, we can throw on anybody. And our offensive line is decent enough to where, you know, Vaughn Miller's going to get his. We know he's going to at least get a sack or two. We know that. Um, but I think we got the offensive line. I think we got the running game that can, you know, we can do this. Defensive, the defensive changes we made a couple of weeks ago with, you know, changing these defensive backs around and keeping them fresh um, has really paid in dividends. Um, you know, we're going to send we're gonna send the house. We're going to send some blitzes. So, you know, if we can rattle this cage a little bit, I think we'll be fine as long as we don't turn the ball over. And every game we've played this year that we've lost, we've turned the ball over. So as long as we don't turn the ball over and we – you know, create turnovers so and, and we score on those, I think we'll be fine. I mean, we're playing at home. I think this may be our last home game of the season. Uh, we're going to be hyped up. So uh, I'm just hoping that we go in there with, you know, with one game at a time. So, you know, we need to really go 5-2 and two in this last stretch, but going 6-1 and one would be better. So I would really like to see us, you know, go in there and clean these guys out. It's not going to be a blowout by any stretch of imagination. But I think it's something that we can – I think it's a game that we can win. Okay. Okay. I think uh, it's a bad time for Denver to run into you all. It should be an interesting game. We'll see how Denver's defense stacks up. Uh, their defense is still a Super Bowl caliber defense. Uh, so we'll see if they can stop D'Angelo Williams. I think if they can stop D'Angelo Williams, then I'll make things a little harder on you all. But uh, he's been running very well as of late. All right, Dolphins five and eight, Chargers three and ten. Hey, this would have been a great game in nineteen eighty three. Uh, Cincinnati ten and three versus the four and nine Forty Niners. Oh, that's funny. They're four and nine, and they're the Forty Niners. Uh, Cincinnati should be able to win this one, even though they're traveling out um, on the West Coast. But I mean, Eminem, is this a trap game? I mean, Cincinnati lost the quarterback. Now they got to travel out to the 49ers, who actually haven't been playing that bad as of late with freaking Blaine Gabbert. Right. This is a trap game all the way. And this is probably going to be the upset of the week. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know how big of an upset it actually is. Um, But I actually think the 49ers are going to win this game. Um, Cincinnati is already on the road, you know, and then, you know, the starting quarterback is out. But um, um, I like McCarrens, but at the same time, you know, this is it's, it's turnovers and key situations that can change the momentum of a game. You know, at, at the end of the game, you know, uh, a guy like that, he might have decent numbers just on paper, but, you know, um, a, a key turnover – on a crucial drive is what separate experience from inexperience. So that's probably what the 
outcome possibly could be, you know, in an upset. So, and that's highly mm. possible. That's highly possible. All right. But uh, I think the best. They better not go out there half stepping. Now they can't go out there half stepping. But 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 now what does work in Cincinnati's favor, unlike last year, uh, I can't remember about what time um, of the season AJ Green was hurt, but. As long as AJ Green is healthy, I mean he's gonna keep him in the game if you know if they can give him the ball. Um, so that should be a, a, a definite challenge to the Forty Nine er secondary. That's if you know he can get the ball to him. Okay. And, I, and I'm not really familiar with the Forty ers you know, this season other than uh, uh what's his name, uh, Navarro. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, um, but I'm still learning the all the replacements. And since what damn near 50 people on the team retired and left three people there. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, <laughs> they did lose quite a bit. It's craziest off season I've ever seen. All right, well, let me stick with you for a second, Eminem, because the Cardinals come to town, to Philly, in a game you all have to win. And um, I think you're capable of staying in the game. I think Arizona is better, but, I mean, they do have to travel a long way. Do you think you can take advantage of that? Yeah. um, I I think the biggest challenge that we have is getting to Carson Palmer. I, I think the Arizona Cardinals have one of the most underrated offensive linemen well, offensive line in the league Um, because, like I say, you know, Palmer is pretty much a fragile quarterback. He's one of the guys, you know, he he can hurt you if he's upright and healthy and has time and a clean pocket and all that, but all those factors have to be in place. So the last couple seasons, you know, he's been – well, no, he got hurt last year, but, you know, this season so far so good because of the, uh, you know, offensive line play. You know, he's always been able to pass the ball. I mean, there's nothing new about that, but um, he's the type of guy that don't like to be on his back too much, you know. Um, so, you know, I think if we can rush his ass and, you know, hurry him and, and just, you know, pop him a few times and let him tell you some of the uh, speed off the edges a little bit, you know, we might have a, a, a decent chance. And then, you know, Darren Sproles always give us a chance, especially in uh, special teams. But, other than that, then, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge. But, you know, after that win in New England, now I'm thinking, like, okay, anything is possible because, you know, as much as I root for my birds, you know what I'm saying, hey, you know, you're still realistic to an extent. Like, so, But after that, it's like, damn, okay, well, hey, that might have been the Super Bowl. Shit, we could beat anybody now, possibly mm-hmm. anyway. You know, so that's the outlook on it. Uh, what I'm scared of the most? Is Sam Bradford going up against uh, the um, Cardinals secondary? Yeah. Uh, that could get ugly. I mean, like, pick six multiple times ugly. I'm hoping that type of shit don't start. But it's possible, you know, because uh, – Just throw it, throw it over there with Patrick Peterson. Now, that ain't no problem. He's the most overrated <laughs> guy I've ever seen. Man, I had, I had, but is he playing? <laughs> Man, I ain't heard that dude's name like all season. It's been all honey badger. Man, I ain't never known a, a, a superstar guy supposed to be getting knocked on the ground, stiff arm, knocked out of bounds, run over. 
get toasted guy I ever seen. I mean, Patrick Peterson, yeah, he can do a lot of things, run back kicks and all that, but actual play, I ain't seen Patrick Peterson lock nobody up. Shit, Beckham or anybody come there 275 yards. Damn, was Peterson guarding him? Yeah, he was. I, I just hope he don't have a good game Sunday, so. All right, well, let me ask you all this, because I'm not going to even discuss Detroit and, and and the Saints on Monday night. Uh, Mike, yeah, how they let that happen? <laughs> Mike Patine or Mike Pedden or whatever the Browns, uh, soon-to-be-fired Browns coach name, said that Russell Wilson is not um, an elite quarterback yet. Uh, he's not among the top-tier QBs. Now, he, he said, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger are the elite guys. Now, you can't argue what Tom Brady's done and what Big Ben has done. With Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees both having one ring, and I know they've played a lot longer, but for, oh, what, for the years Russell Wilson I, has I, played, I, I got to interrupt you. What's that? We got to put an asterisk by. I know Buck don't like it, but we got to put an asterisk by. Uh, you know, I know how they always give the win to the quarterback, but Big Ben, as great as the quarterback he is, he didn't do shit in that first Super Bowl they got. Oh, yeah, they won in spite of him in that first Right. Year. But he's been to two more. No, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not taking nothing away from him, but I'm just yeah. saying, I'm just saying if we're looking at, you know, he, I, he I, I, I could tell hey, the way that. Bradshaw was never nothing, in my opinion. Well, but right, he got four rings. That's why you're the whole ring. Right, but yeah, I, I was just Bradshaw saying. Bradshaw never had a game that bad in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, but, but I was just saying. got I, him there. Yeah, but I was just saying that because the way the segue was going, it was like, okay, you know, Tom has multiple and Ben has multiple, but Rodgers and Drew got one. But I was just saying that, okay, well, yeah, Ben got two, but shit, he sucked in that first one to the point where it's like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad, but he won. He did get them there. Yeah, he did win, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah. just I, that's just a peeve I got but, where they always give the win to the quarterback, but that clearly was a – not the second yes. ring, but that first ring, I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, he got dude, the win, but I he guess, didn't get the win. The question is, you, I, I, think, I take Tom Brady out of the discussion. All right. Do you think Russell Wilson is on the level, even though he doesn't have the years these guys do – of Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Ben well, not Ben Roethlisberger, just Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, based on what he's done in his career so far. Well, well, see, 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 this I is the thing. So. When we talk about elite quarterbacks, everybody's definition is different. And uh-huh. to me, when you say elite, what are you talking about? The top five? Or are you talking about statistics? What are you talking about? Well, according to when they throw that out there, uh, most. Mm-hmm. Most people, not me now, but most people going by the traditional guy. Whoever stands in the pocket, they can't make no plays whatsoever with their legs and all that to try to reserve the – No, elite, elite quarterback is is a guy who's at the top of his position. You no, know what I mean? That's I what mean, it should be, but I'm just saying that, – that, that, that is what it is. What else category are they going on? Well, I mean – I mean – I mean, when, let's when, say, well, when we when we look at it, when I look at it, I think my definition of an elite quarterback is one who has um, has you know good numbers as far as where he puts up 
as far as production, one that has good postseason records. It doesn't have to necessarily translate to Super Bowls, but at least you've won some postseason games um, or something Super Bowls help. But when I look at Drew Brees and I look at Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is an elite quarterback to me. But when I look at Russell Wilson, and, yeah, he doesn't have the numbers that Aaron Rodgers has. I'm not saying that he's better than Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's in the discussion or he's in the same group as Aaron Rodgers based on his success. You are elite if you're one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Just like Cam Newton, he is an elite quarterback because he has a team that's winning. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, not saying the best, but top five, top seven in the league. So that's elite. Now everybody can get on TV and these guys that used to play and give a definition and all that other kind of stuff. But when a guy is at the top of his position, whether it's stats, whether it's wins, whether it's team leadership, whatever, he's an elite quarterback. There's no, right. no getting so, around. So, you, so you're saying that Russell Wilson qualifies? Yeah, he's, he's an elite quarterback. Now, yeah, I think so too. if you're stopping at number four and say who's the top four quarterbacks, I think you really have to – if I had to pick the top quarterbacks right now, I would say Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Cam Newton, and I would go with Russell Wilson. I would leave Drew Brees out of that. What about right Carson now. Palmer? I mean, yeah, you have to put Carson Palmer in there. But I'm not taking Carson Palmer – over Russell Wilson, who was in the Super Bowl last year, won it the year before that, and is the hottest team in the league right now. Carson Palmer right now has Michael Floyd, who's a first-round guy, has Larry Fitzgerald, who's a future Hall of Famer and first-round guy. you got David Johnson, who is an all-around back, who gets out of the backfield and all this and that. When you look at Russell Wilson, you say, okay, you got Doug Baldwin, who, is, who has come on, but all these yeah. guys are guys that are $2 million a year wide receivers, and yeah. they're making it happen. That's the difference. Now, Drew Brees and all them guys throwing the ball 50 times a game all over the field, and, I mean, as long as you're accurate, you can throw the ball as many times as you want to, but he has never done as much as he should have done for all them records he set, in my opinion. Now he's a league yeah. quarterback, and they're gonna put him in the Hall of Fame first ballot and everything else. Meanwhile, you a you a wide receiver, cause we know who the wide receivers are. They the brothers. So now you can be second all the time. And all that Terrell Owens, we holding our nuts on you, saying, "Well, you might get in, might get in." Drew Brees, let me put them in with a bullet. My thing with Drew Brees, um, see, I, I think. Drew Brees is, is is I mean, he's he's a good quarterback. But I like Russell better. I mean, when you look at what Russell's doing this year, yeah, he doesn't have the yards passing. He has, you know, right at 3,300 yards passing, which is, you know, like around 10th in the league. But he does have like almost another 500 yards rushing. And he has the highest completion percentage and the highest quarterback rating right now. So he's the most efficient of everyone out there. And um, and he's averaging eight point six yards a throw, which is you know I'm on tops in the league. So and I, who who is his Pro Bowl target? I don't I don't know. I'm not sure if anybody. That's an easy question. He, he's I mean, well, Jim, Jimmy. I'm gonna say Jimmy Graham, who hasn't been a Pro Bowler this year, and he's hurt. 
No. That's the only name that he has. I mean, Tyler Lockett's a rookie. No, when them guys caught fire, Jimmy Graham had his ass laying on the couch. Yeah. And Marshall is so, too. But this guy has 16 so, touchdowns, zero interceptions, and I think he has a like a perfect passer rating um, mm-hmm. over like the last couple of games or – no, he has a rate of 145.9 over the last four games. So, and then for Mike Petting or whatever his name is to say this, and y'all getting ready to play this dude, I, I don't understand what his psychology is behind that. But, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't care if Russell went in there and, and dropped 300 on him and 100 rushing. I mean, I, I, I personally – my own opinion, think he's a lead quarterback, you know, but I, I felt that way about McNabb, too. A lot of people hated him and stuff because, you know, I'm looking, you know, at what you're doing, you know, uh, well, a lot of times with, with right, with that, without all the extra. Yeah. But I, I think mean, with McNabb, when you talk about for his, his era, for the guys he was playing with, I think he was an elite quarterback. I, I mean, you know, because, right. you know, you're not going to compare him to a um, – um, you know, a paid Manning or necessarily. But I, I do think that with the success he had and with the numbers he put up, then he yeah, he was he was a top five quarterback at, at some point in his career. Yeah, but see but, but, but what I was gonna say though, not my opinion, but what a lot of people that tend to just hate on brothers gonna say and I really think what hurt I think it would State the case more in his favor if he was on a team that didn't have no defense and not really a running game where you clearly could focus on what he does, you know. And I think a lot of time it get lost. Q, I know you can relate to it with a lot of water cooler conversations you done had about Emmitt Smith, you know. Yeah. Like a lot of times when guys be on a team that's pretty much a complete team, kind of what Tom Brady went through uh, in certain stages of his career, where the team is is so complete to the point where clearly, you know, four or five games might have been only because of the defense or only because of this or only because of that, that a lot of times they don't really focus on the actual quarterback play. Because uh, I think it was the game Seattle had, I know it was about two weeks ago, I can't remember who they was playing, but, man, he had some passes that were so on the money I mean, it was to the point where it looked like he put a uh, a uh, it looked like you were looking at a, a old tape called Public Enemy Man with the sniper uh, target. Hmm. I, it was just like that. But the thing is, with everything that's around Seattle, and I'm not in a bad way, you know, but especially defensively, and then you know, uh, of course, with the stellar running game that I had over the last couple of years, a lot of the things that he does and does very well that should be mentioned as an elite quarterback kind of get lost in the shuffle by a lot of the people that, you know, come up with these little things or whatever. They don't be looking at that. But I really think that if he was with the Cleveland Browns, right, that they would be probably mentioning him as a possible MVP candidate. But then then on the other hand, we got we got to be we got to be fair with it. I understand he won. He won a Super Bowl, so he does deserve all the credit that 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 he's due. But mm-hmm. Andy Dalton is putting Andy Dalton is putting up big numbers. Now, 
and he set records and first quarterback throw for 3,000 yards in the first five years and all this and that. First one mm-hmm. to it. Him and maybe Peyton Manning, I believe it was. But the thing is, is do you consider him elite? It's, it's just a thing that questions is going to have to be answered. I consider Andy Dalton an elite quarterback, whether he wins or not. A guy, you put that guy on the street for what he can do, he's a $100 million quarterback on anybody's team. I, um, I can't if call him. If, if he have a lot of success without A.J. Green, I, I'll look at him like that. But I don't know. I'm still one of you guys. Uh, I, I don't think Andy Dalton is an elite quarterback. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, think, I, can't, yeah, uh, I think A.J. That's Green doesn't get half the credit he deserves for, for that team. A.J. Green? Yeah. Yeah. AJ Green is a good right receiver, but when when you guys are saying all this stuff, AJ Green ain't got a thousand yards. If this man got three thousand something yards passing, yeah, but, but, who but is he it, throwing but, the ball to? Well, it's, it's the same way a lot of I mean Tyler I benefit. I mean, he, you you can't ignore AJ Green on the field. It, it's no different than ignoring Calvin Johnson. It's no different than ignoring somebody like Dez Bryant. I mean, a quarterback is going to have some some open receivers when you got that on the field, just like when Moss was in New England. You, you you're going to have to yeah. respect that. If AJ Green on the field, you got to respect yeah. that. I, I yeah. agree that that he elevated Tom Brady's game when when Randy Moss was there, but Randy Moss been gone. I mean, for AJ Green had a pretty good, pretty good season. Yeah. I mean, he's almost he, at twelve hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a Pro Bowl receiver, but at the at the same time, Andy Dalton got how many TD passes? And uh, let me check out Dalton's stats. Yeah, I want to see it. And you pull you pull him up against in anybody that, that we call elite. All right, Andy Dalton. Let's see, he has. 3,200 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Now, all the all the yep. guys who we call elite, you run these stats off up against this. Uh, well, like I said, we're not including Tom Brady. Uh, let's see. Russell Wilson has about – 39 more yards passing, one more touchdown, same number of interceptions. Um, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers has 75 yards less, three more touchdowns, two less interceptions. Um, who else did we yeah, say? Him the best. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees, well, he's at like 3,800 yards, 25 touchdowns. He has 11 interceptions. And, what about Matt no, I'm not Matt calling Matt Stafford, but I'm just curious. 3,400 yards, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Mm-hmm. And once again, remember, the Red Rifle didn't play Sunday. He got hurt early. So, so when we talk about elite, seven interceptions, 25 touchdowns. And we're talking uh, based on – on this season, he is one of the top quarterbacks this season. The only reason, I guess, it depends on, and I guess because he hadn't won a playoff game. I mean, I can't call nobody an elite. You ain't won one playoff game. Yeah, I mean, not one. And he ain't going to win one this year either. But but listen, 
What we got to look at is these guys are Cincinnati Bengals. And Cincinnati Bengals had a long way to come. I didn't, I don't think they were winning one this year either. But you can't call the man elite because he had not won a nope. playoff game. You got to nope. base it on where he's gotten his team. And he's gotten it just like Carson Palmer. He played elite football and probably is the second or third MVP candidate this year. That man's playing elite football. 31 this year, touchdowns. yeah. This year he, he is, and Carson Palmer, um, comeback player of the year. Yeah, probably comeback player of the year. He's never won a playoff game, but he got hurt in one of them uh, that he probably could have won. Yeah, <laughs> came up on our Huffman. But I mean, like, I mean, if 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 Andy Dalton would have played well in the playoffs, then I I can go for that. But I mean. In the playoffs, man, this dude, one touchdown, six interceptions in four games. It's a 55% completion percentage. Um, and he had two games where he didn't throw for any more than 155 yards. Well, I, 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 but when I, when I tell you what, uh, how, how many how many wins does Andrew Luck have? Because they came in, no, they didn't come in the same year, but. How many year after? What look has two wins in the playoffs? Yes. Uh, let me see. I believe it's going to be two, but I'll double check. Uh, Andrew Luck has three playoff wins. Three, and he's been yeah. a year, a been in the league a year longer. Uh, Andrew Luck has no, been in the league. Oh no, Tom has been in the year a year longer. Yeah. So, yeah. This is this is what I'm saying. Just because a guy did not win a playoff game, I understand Dalton stuck it up in the playoffs. Uh-huh. But this man holds the record for the most passing yards through the first five years right now. You know, Cam Newton should be somewhere not too far behind him, but Andy Dalton is leading. Now, his team... Is what a ten and ten, ten and three. Yeah. And he's playing some of the best football at the quarterback position. When they put up every week the All Star balloting, the Pro Bowl balloting, he's like number four. They got Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, and he's like number four uh-huh. for all players. These quarterbacks, that's a lead mm-hmm. to me. So in your eyes, not a lead to me. If if I mean if if. If I can think about, I mean, because to me, when I I think of elite, and again, we're we're talking about, we have to distinguish if we're talking about this season or we're just talking about in general. And if we're talking this season, then, yeah, you have to say he's among the elite based on the way he's performed and everything. We're talking about as far as a career, then I just have a hard time calling him elite because, I mean, yeah, he's put up good numbers, but, you know, when it counted, you couldn't rely on him, you know? And, uh, I mean, because even though I would not call Andrew Luck elite by any means, I mean, he's had some postseason success, but I wouldn't call him elite, even though he's had some great seasons, put up some great numbers and everything. But, uh, I mean, I just don't think you can crown him as far as what, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's yeah, early in his career. Now, if Andy, or, or if Andy Dalton, 
If Andy Dalton would have been able to be healthy and if he could have won a playoff game this year, then I think folks would have been like, okay, this dude is is there. Man, look, you going to say you don't believe that Andrew Luck is an elite quarterback. We're not talking about the bad season he had this year. This guy's standing to make $130, $140 million in the contract. So you saying them guys are stupid to make him the highest paid player in football history. And this guy now elite quarterback. This is what you say? And oh there are a lot of folks that don't deserve a hundred million dollars, but yeah, I would not give Andrew Luck a hundred million. Coming off a bad season. I'm saying this season had never happened. When Russell I mean, Wilson signed his deal, you don't believe that Luck should be somewhere in that ballpark. I thought I thought that I mean Luck is good. Okay. But I guess I just never looked at – I thought this season he was – you know, he had the possibility to be like an MVP caliber player. And so I guess yeah, – I guess I guess thinking back on it, yeah, you, you probably would have given him the $100 million had this season never happened. Um, but it's just so difficult to crown these guys so early, man. I just – I like to see a little body of work. And, I mean, he's been – he was great in his first yeah. three seasons, especially last season, but – I don't know, man. I just when I look at um, someone that just and turn the franchise around. When I look at someone that just catches fire like that, um, and everything, I mean, it's great. But I still think you just got to just give it some time before you can just put them on the level of someone that may have been playing that's done it for nine or ten years. It it, it takes you that long to be a leader. So no, when I'm they saying. When you compare them to someone that's done it for nine or ten years, I mean, we're we're comparing them to people who have like done everything, that won Super Bowls, that have done won multiple Super Bowls, and this guy's played three seasons. Well, you football know? is a team sport. You really expect that guy to come in the league and win the Super Bowl, coming off the worst team in the league and being the first pick in his first two or three years? No, which is why I, I say the jury is, is – and we see it this year, the jury may still be out. I mean, there's some people who start off really good and then they, they fizzle. Yeah, you know, there's some, some people who start off slow and then, you know, they get better as they progress. I mean, he's gotten off to a quick start, and it's not taking anything away from him, but I just – it's three seasons. You know, and, and and again, I'm not saying that he's bad by any means, but I I just don't think it's is equitable to compare someone who's been playing three years to someone who's done it for ten years. You can compare with people in his no, group. No, the, the the question is is are they elite? That does not say who it is. If the careers ended today, who's the better quarterback? Are they elite? That's that's the question. And when the guy is a perennial Pro Bowler and one of the best players in the league, when people select the top 100 players, they in the top 15, top 20, top 10. You are elite football player. I don't. We talking Andrew Luck? Are we talking? Are we talking? Um, Andrew Luck or, or 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 any of these guys that are Andrew amongst the best of their position. He's not elite. So, he's he not, I mean, Andrew, elite. even with the bad off, season, he's still an elite quarterback. Coming, so we see different. Coming, yeah, coming off of last season, if, if this season never happened, if you ask someone to name the top five quarterbacks in the league, 
I wouldn't argue they had Andrew Luck in the top five. All right. So oh, I'm yeah, absolutely. Really, I'm really in it. So, I mean, like, based on that scenario, yeah, I get what you're saying. I I, I, can fo- I totally understand what you're saying based on based on that scenario. When I look at um, what's his face? Who are we talking about at first? Andy Dalton? Um, even though he's had some good seasons, if I had to name five quarterbacks, he's probably not going to be in it. You know, I don't yeah, mean we talk about, we, we, we talk, well, we're talking about 32 teams, and the guys that you put in the head of them are already Hall of Famers. If they stop playing today, that's not a fair assessment. Right, that's what I was saying. You can't. I, that's why I, don't, I, I didn't agree with the comparison with people who have been there, done that for so long. I think you got to compare to people in their peer group, you know. So um, that's what I was saying about Andrew Luck. It's kind of hard to draw the conclusion. But uh, as far as Luck is concerned, is, is his contract up this year or does he have one more year? No, it's gonna be up this year. Is he in his uh, fourth year? So, yeah, he's gonna he's now, gonna get his money. I don't think the he's gonna, 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 he, he gonna be the highest paid player in the league. Yeah, I don't Period. think they're gonna lowball him. No. Now, would, would I give him the big contract coming off of a bad year? No, I would make him the highest paid player. But based on what he's done, you have to consider it. Because he goes somewhere else, then what? Every team in the league is going to line up to get this guy, except a team like Green Bay or somebody who we can't have two guys making $125 million. Right. But all the rest of them, they're going to line up. So they're not going to let him get anywhere, I'm pretty sure. All right, Eminem had to drop off. But uh, all right, so we're getting ready to – let me do some who am I's real quick before – they cut us off. Right. Let's see. And what's today? The sixteenth. Yep. And I'm gonna take a look at. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to take a look at some of these younger quarterbacks, man, and some of the ones that've been playing in the league like five years or less, and, and take a look at them, man. Try to compare them, and see what we're working with as far as the last few classes. Mm-hmm. All right, I gotta do two. I'm gonna go ahead and do tomorrow since I did some of the 16th on yesterday with intro roll and stuff. Uh, damn, I don't know none of these dudes. All right, I do recognize you. I recognize you. All right, I think I found some some decent ones. I am a six foot one, two hundred and nine pound wide receiver who turns thirty five years old today. I was drafted in the two thousand one draft by the Green Bay Packers in the second round out of Texas A and M. Who am I? Starting off with a little challenge. Um uh, uh, what about uh uh is it the damn the guy that's playing in Miami right now? Uh no, nah, I know who you're talking about. He's not playing at all right yeah. now. He stopped playing in two thousand eight. He played with the Vikings for two seasons. Number eighty nine. Number eighty. He played most of his career with Green Bay. 
in fact, he's playing this year because he wasn't with Green Bay and came back. And uh, no, not not James Jones. You talk. You say he quit playing in what two thousand eight? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, Texas. He was a, he was a, yeah, he was a decent receiver. He never made the Pro Bowl or anything, to my knowledge. But I mean, he was a all right receiver. Yeah, I mean, his best year is like five hundred and twenty yards, four touchdowns. But I figured y'all might know him. Maybe not. Anyway, I'll go ahead and give it to you. It's Robert Ferguson. I wouldn't have guessed that. I, mean, I still, still don't know him. Oh, really? Okay. Okay, my bad. Maybe I've picked someone that I saw play a few times. But, but James All right. Up, Larry, did not. <laughs> Let's see. I am a six foot one, 238-pound fullback who turns 43 years old today. Uh, don't know... Where he got drafted, he might have been undrafted, doesn't say anything. Came out of Auburn, three-time Pro Bowler, drafted by the – or played with the Kansas City Chiefs for most of his career. Who am I? Barry Work? Nope. Kansas City Chiefs. You know him. He played with. He played with him his whole career? Nah, he um, played with the Vikings for two years and the Jets for three years. He stopped playing in 2010. Number 49. Oh, oh uh, K- K- start with a K. His last name. Um, nope. No, uh, Richardson. Tony Richardson. Yeah, that's it. All right. I am a six foot two, 242-pound linebacker that turns 38 years old today. Drafted in the first round of the 1998 draft out of Auburn by the Cincinnati Bengals. Who am I? Out of Auburn, Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Let's see. 49ers played with San Diego. Damn, he was all over the place. Yep. And he's 38 years old. He couldn't be. He's got to be somebody we know. Oh, yeah, you um, know him. I guarantee you know him. Mandy Block. Played no, two-time uh, Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro once. Oh, uh, no, nah, it, it ain't, uh. He doesn't have a neck. Looks like something off of Mario Brothers. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Was he number 50? Number 51. All right, here's a hint. Oh. Everywhere he went, he seemed like he brought the team down. <laughs> Even though he's a good player. But if he went there, they started losing. <laughs> Golly, I know who you're talking about now. I just can't call his freaking name. Shit. All right, we're running out of time, so I got to give it to you. Mr. Takeo Spikes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to throw you all a curveball now. I am a 6'10", 210-pound power forward, born in 1957. I'm 57 years old. Drafted in the 1980 draft, third pick overall by the Boston Celtics out of Minnesota. Hall of Famer uh, in 1999. Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale. Kevin Edward McHale. Kevin McHale. Uh, he turns 57 oh, this week. Who you got for the 17th? Technically, it is the 17th. And, uh, well, actually, I had to go to the 19th just to find a decent basketball player. Uh, him and Mo Williams were the only two I had from the 19th. But. So, but I might have to start mixing in some basketball players. Uh, I'm going to start checking out their list to see who we got. Uh, all right, fellas, I'm going to get ready to wrap this up before they cut me off. Um, anything real quick? Nope. Oh, uh, no. Okay, I mean, okay. okay. Like I said, next Wednesday, I'll probably do just like maybe a zone coverage-only show. Next Wednesday, do it like an hour early at 9 p.m. I don't have anything going on. I'll let you all know probably like the night before um, on the Tuesday show if I decide to do that. All right. Oh, okay. All right, fellas. Well, appreciate you all chopping it up with me. You've been listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Go to TalkToQ.com. Everyone have a good night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm going to blog. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. <laughs> you want to be my blog lover. My name is Quincy. The Talk to Q Radio Show. But I do believe that the love for money and power most of the time outweighs their love for women. And this is my show. That's what I was saying too. I think I'm still doing a lot of shows with this thing too. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?